every week. <laughs> Did everybody hear you? I, I hope, hope not. not. These guys always cussing me out before the show goes live. <laughs> right off the bat, it would be an explicit episode. Almost, and we'd be almost. like, all right. Well, the first two seconds. <laughs> first two seconds, and, and we call it, we basically call it a night. What's on your shirt, Arlon? <sighs> World War Lima. My friend's daughter, Emma, got it for me. When, 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 did, when did you guys get it for me? I forget, like maybe a year or two years ago. Well, shit, still looks good on you, huh? All right. It's a little loose on me now, but. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, arms lost a couple uh, pounds. Jeez. Yeah. All right. All right, guys. First thing I want to I want to test out is this. I need everybody. Oh, my wife is texting me. Okay, I need everybody ask, uh, to check. FaceTime her. No, no, no. Because she's she's like, I'll tell you what the audio is like. I need everybody to tell us how the audio is. Is the audio low? Is the audio high? How is it? Because we're testing something out right now, and I just want to make sure uh, our audio levels are okay. If you need us to crank it up, we can crank it up. We're only episode two. At this n- it's not a COVID <laughs> test, guys. It's, it's a COVID test. Audio There's test. always room for improvement. Yeah. Yeah. Always. You don't need to stick anything in your nose. Yeah. <laughs> you can do the erector test. But yeah, but uh, the, the only reason why is because, we, like I said, we want to make sure the levels are okay because... What we could do is we can crank it up a little bit, but we don't want to blow out the audio on your end. So, um, How, how's my voice? That's what that's what matters. Can you guys hear my voice, or did this guy miss with my voice again? <laughs> again, <laughs> your voice yeah. again. You again. have such a narrator voice, though. You know, and our guest today it's like hosts <laughs> could oh, be yeah. a narrator for. Yeah, I could say something right now that'll probably make the sh- episode explicit, but I <laughs> shouldn't. <laughs> oh, guys are always ready for that. Absolutely, every every Literally. every Monday. Every month. Well, we're not called The View. There's a reason it's called The Wise Nuts. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> uh, happy Monday, everybody. Happy Monday. EGIM. All right, all right, all right. We got to start off with that. All right. Uh, it's five o'clock somewhere, and I want to thank Alina Samwilian well, for taking time. Apparently, it was time. five o'clock somewhere. <laughs> 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 it was five o'clock somewhere. For some seriously. people, it's still five o'clock. Yeah. Right? Nobody Jesus needs Christ. to know that. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> It's, well, it's, a little bit of wine doesn't hurt. Yes. I've never seen anybody do that in my <laughs> life. I swear to God. Seriously, you need to visit Beirut, bro. Everybody does that. The can, can <laughs> little can stuff. No, the, yeah. the best part of it was like I didn't have time to drink. So I decided to drink on the way while I drive. <laughs> Alina, I didn't drink. even say anything. These two just, uh, you just ratted me out. Oh. Well, look at it this way: it looks like an energy drink. So. It is exactly. an energy drink. It's in a can. Yeah. It's not like in a glass beer bottle. Did it give you, you energy, Alina? Uh, I mean, it's not it's that I need any. We'll, we'll, I'm we'll, we'll see. We'll People see. call me the Energizer Bunny because I'm full of energy. But you know, I'm loosening up a little bit before a podcast. She got nervous, bro. She was about to sit down with the wise nuts. <laughs> I don't blame you. I get nervous. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's why woman. we're always naked from the waist down. <laughs> oh my god. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so ha- happy Monday, everybody. Alina Sanvalian is here with us. Um, Quick announcement before we get into it. Oh, well, yes. can we announce May one I? thing? Sure. I was going to say happy anniversary. Oh, yes. That's happy what I Happy anniversary, gonna... young man. I, I was gonna s- oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah I was going to say happy but anniversary. Not, not, not to Armand, to Armand and Ani. Yes. Armand yes. and uh, Seven years of marriage. Uh, on happy behalf anniversary. of, I guess, the three of us today. Yes. We'd like, and oh, and our significant others, and your future significant other, and the Sanvalian family. Ooh. Uh, we wish you guys health, <laughs> happiness, and prosperity. Thank you, thank you. Yes. Many, many, many more years of love uh, with Ani and your two boys. Can we, can we, can we, 
Can we? Can we? Baba, this guy Just making you. me w- you. what you are drinking today. <laughs> 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 oh that, was not the Ed, right Ed, that was not you, the right you, one. Look, look, look! You need to stop messing. Just this one. Stop! Ed. It's like you're, you're like, you're like this five-year-old at a that doctor's retar- office where you see the little. <laughs> thing. We gotta move this shit around. That retarded kid with the helmet who thinks he can DJ. Just, just calm down, okay? <laughs> I think he was looking for this one. That's the one. There we go. There we go. Good one. Good one. What a, Congrats to you guys. So seven years. Happy anniversary. Wish seven seven years of marriage. Yeah. Two beautiful boys, God and bless. you know, I love my wife more and more every day. Beautiful. And same with my boys. Yep. I'm happily married. I'm not single, ladies. <laughs> He's taking Lay He's off, taking. everyone. Lay off, okay, guys? <laughs> and gentlemen. And gentlemen. <laughs> you got to be inclusive in today's society. <laughs> yeah. you see what happened in Burbank? Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, we'll get into flight. <laughs> <laughs> this is fun too. Our guest today. We're again. only seven <laughs> minutes in, and we've been banned from Twitter already. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Really? No, 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 no. no just <laughs> we were we were banned before the show. So. Oh no. Yeah, yeah no, Facebook's banned us, and we still have that loophole that we could go live. So <laughs> they've unlinked our Facebook and <laughs> Instagram accounts. You guys are causing yeah. a bunch of trouble. Eh, thug life. That's how we look at it. So, oh. anyways. <clears throat> Anywho. We were happy to meet the Zambelian family, what was it, about four years ago, or three years ago. No, it was, was it? Yeah, four three years, years ago. 2018? Well, yeah, no. 18, yeah. 2018, yeah. Yeah, jeez. 2018 yeah. was the first. So, we met you guys through um, Freedom Loving Youth and through Armund, yes. And you guys created this nonprofit organization where you go out to Armenia, uh, Gyumri, one of the main cities, and you help families, orphans, basically get back on their feet. Mm-hmm. And now a lot of people, when they think of, you know, nonprofits, donating money to them, and then basically, you know, the nonprofits going in and just handing out money. No, that's not what you guys do. Your organization, and obviously you'll touch on it for the viewers that are tuning in for the first time watching you guys, because you haven't been on for two years. I know. Um, tell us exactly, you know, uh, how Fly started and what you guys do because it's very unique as far as the system that you guys use to help families out. Yes. Go ahead. First of all, thank you guys for giving me the chance to be here. Again, third times in a row, third times a charm. I love it. All Your right. dad paid me well this time. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, we still have to get him on the show. <laughs> Today's show is on our show. Huh? He's been on our show. No, he hasn't. He picked he, in he once. Peaked in. Yeah. He picked in. Yeah. We all know what Vaz is going to Okay, we've also <laughs> peeked in while you were showering. So oh, my God. You do that yeah. sometimes? Of course. I feel this energy sometimes when I'm showering. It has oh to be. Oh, my God. It's disgusting, yeah. So thank Sorry, you guys yeah, so we much. Don't mean to digress. There. <laughs> don't worry. Uh, thank you guys so much for giving me yet another opportunity to be here to talk about what I love most. And I'm sure we have a lot of viewers that know all about Fly. Some that maybe it's not so familiar and it's new. So I definitely will be addressing, you know, everyone that's watching. Thank you guys so much for everyone that's joined us. Um, if I can sum it up, um, Freedom Loving Youth Fly is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that was founded by my mom and I, Caroline, and I. And uh, been around for 10 years, founded in 2012. I still can't believe it's been 10 years. I think this year that's what's hitting us. And it's, How old it's were you, 12 when you started? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Armand. No, I'm 27 now, so I was 17. Wow. And uh, the main focus of the organization is to help impoverished children and families uh, that are in dire need, specifically children and families that live in severe measures of poverty, 
um, in Armenia, Syria, and Lebanon. Um, the charity, when it was founded 10 years ago, the work began in Syria. We did a lot of work with kids that lost their parents in the war, that lost their homes. We aided them with all kinds of humanitarian aid. And then thank God when the war, uh, you know, calmed down, it, was, it wasn't until 2016, actually. Um, 2016 was my first trip to Armenia. I grew up very high Ased my whole life, being born and raised here, but had never been to Armenia until 2016 when the Abrilian War broke out in the four-day war in April. That was my first time visiting Armenia with my mom. And we originally stepped in to help families that, you know, lost uh, soldiers in the war and focus on families that are in Artsakh. Gumri and Van Azor and Spidak and these families that are, have suffered from the earthquakes aftermath was not part of the plan. But it's as if, you know, you end up going and God opens all these doors that you never even thought of. So when we stepped into Armenia, we completed the Artsakh project for the Abrilan War and then we ended up in Gumri. And it's as if... You know, God opened these doors that we didn't even we didn't even think of. And when we stepped into Gumri, we saw the severe poverty there. The the scent of the earthquake was still in the air, even though it had been 30 years that it had passed. And seeing all those containers, seeing the severe measures of poverty these families live in, we knew we had a lot of work to do here. So since then, my mom and I visit Armenia twice a year and directly work with our team out there that works day in and day out when we're not there. And incredible group of people that we join forces with and we directly visit these families that live in these metal containers, um, understand about their lives and why they, end up, they ended up to this severe poverty that they did. And all of them, it's the same story. Before the earthquake, their lives were great. They had everything. After the earthquake hit, they lost everything and their lives just digressed from there. They've been in this dark hole and they just haven't been able to stand up from it. Majority of them single mothers. Fathers all fled to Russia to find work, never came back. And these single moms are very young, my age if not younger, and they're left in that rotten metal container that doesn't have any running water, no plumbing, no bathroom, no shower, just nothing with rats, with bugs, just unimaginable conditions. And we directly work with these families. Pretty much our process is we provide humanitarian aid, so pretty much everything that these families need to feel human, right? Because how can you stand up and find work and change your life if you're hungry, if you're cold, if you haven't showered, if you don't have the necessities that you need to feel like a human being? So we start there, and then when we get that problem fixed, we focus on long-term solutions like work, housing, and things to help them get back up on their feet. So that's what we've been doing the past seven, six years, almost seven years that we've, uh, we've been in Armenia. Lena, can you talk about the vetting process with you guys? How, what's your vetting process like for a family to be included in Flyer of or, or not? Of course. So our team over there, yes. We've had this discussion yes. before, so I want to bring it up. So a lot of people might have that same question. Of course, of course. Um, so our team in Armenia, they are an incredible group of human beings, each of, each of which actually what, what makes their participation so special in Fly is that each of them have lived in a container back in the day. So they all have a taste of what that horrific poverty was like. So um, each of them, actually, a lot of them worked in the social center in Gumri. So each of them are professionals when it comes to vetting, when it comes to doing background checks, investigation processes, to make sure that the families are who they say they are. Because unfortunately, in every country, in every culture, of course, you're going to have the category of people that lie, that deceive, that, you know, don't, aren't who they say they are so one thing that we're incredibly blessed with among the many things is that our team they are incredibly skilled at making sure that we pick families that are who they say they are 
and families that are ready to stand up. This is something very crucial, you guys, that, you know, whoever knows nonprofits and charities and putting fundraising events together and whoever knows the heart and soul that we put into this work knows how difficult it is to do all this work and even just collect money, especially after everything that's gone on in Armenia. So the last thing that we want is for a dollar of help to end up in the hands of the wrong people, people that are not going to utilize it to stand up and and actually make great changes come about in their life. So we take that very seriously. So every single home that we enter, if we even like get the scent of laziness in the air, we're out of there. There's no way that family gets our help because there is absolutely no excuse for anyone unless you're disabled or unless you know, you're know you trying your best and just opportunities aren't, aren't opening up for you not to go knock door on door every single day for you to find a job to feed your kids. So anyone that says in Armenia, meaning there's no work, that's not yeah, an excuse. Yeah, are you out there? Bullshit. Exactly. There's, there's, a, there's a ton of work there. Exactly. So, so uh, people that are hardworking, like... There's a saying in Armenian, Karen Taram and I think that they will do anything to make sure that So we take that very seriously, that work ethic. And the reason is because if you end up providing aid to families that are going to end up depending on you, are lazy. Are you helping or hurting at that point? You're doing a disservice to them, definitely. So that's not, we don't associate with any families like that. Our main focus is to be that helping hand for families that are ready to change their life. What's that old saying, right, about? Fishing? Teach a man how to fish, yeah, and he he'll eat forever. But give him fish, and he'll eat for days. Exactly, or, or the other way around. I couldn't agree is. more. I couldn't agree right, more. Right, so that's what you guys are doing. Yeah, it's uh, give a man a fish, he'll eat for a day. Teach a man how to fish, he'll eat for life. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Now, ha- have either of you been to these domiks? No, I have not. Have you guys ever seen these domiks? I have seen it. Yeah, two thousand three. I saw it in Lenok. Yeah, same here. Yeah. Two thousand and four. But the fact that because I was I'm from, Len- I'm from I, Dumri, so I, I went back to visit. My Who's from Gumri? I'm from Gumri. I had no idea. Yeah, have you I'm, told me this till now? Yeah, I'm sure. He I advertises yeah. it almost every yeah. week. Like, my <laughs> building, yeah, my see, like my building is is no longer there. My building collapsed. Oh wow! Um, <clears throat> you actually went inside a domic or no? Inside a domic? Yeah. No, no, you no. You just no, saw no, it from no. the outside. I saw it from the outside. We saw the whole, you know, bro. It looks like it looks like Skid Row. So it looks like a it looks like a camp. Some of those families were given vouchers to get uh, houses, mm-hmm. but they sold off their vouchers. That's another thing that's... Another thing that also happened that I've heard uh, testimonies from these families is, let's say every family, let's say Gevorkian family, is given a home, right? But that family grows, gets married, has kids. They can't all fit into that house. So what ends up happening, some members take it, other family members end up in the domics, unfortunately. Yeah, that ends up happening as well. Um, quick question for you. You were born in Gyumri? Yes. And were you there when the earthquake happened? No, we were. you, we were, we, you came back... We were, we were, no, I'm sorry, came back. We came to the States in June, and then the earthquake happened in December. December. Oh my goodness. So, wow. my uncle was, the, my uncles were all there. My grandma's, my grandma was there. And I remember we were living in San Diego. Uh, you know, my dad tells a story all the time. The neighbor came to us and said, Do you guys know what's happening in your country? My dad was like, You know, what's happening in our country? And he goes, Why don't you turn the news on and see what's going on? Wow. Because my dad was like, you know, we were just here. We were getting back on our, we were getting on our feet, making sure, like, you know, my dad's work will be able to provide. So, you know, we had a very small uh, RCA TV, and it was one of those TVs that had the the knobs in the front. Four mm. channels. So they turn it on, and it says, you know, Spitak Armenia, Gyumri, Leninagan Armenia, massive earthquake, and 
I, you know, it was just, if for us, it was like panic mode because oh. it's like our entire family is there. My dad's halal three brothers are there. Anyone get hurt? No, thank, oh, thank God. God. So my dad was like, and at the time, there is no FaceTime. There is no cell phones. There's nothing like that. You had to go to the post office to make a phone call outside of the country. My dad contacted everybody he could, anybody he could, to get my uncle and the entire family, all my uncles and the entire family, even the, uh, his nephews, to a post office and he he's like i'm not going to i'm not going to basically be satisfied until i hear every single person's voice mm. and he they went to yerevan he spoke to everybody he said are you guys okay <coughs> and my uncle would tell me the stories he goes the earthquake hit and i don't remember which floor they were on but he was like i grabbed alan on one side and armond on the other side and he goes i'm running down the stairs mind you he left his mom there wow. he said i'm running down the stairs and all i all i realize is um, he's like, I want to make sure I don't hit the kids anywhere because he was going back and forth, wow. bobbing. He goes, I put the kids outside and I say, stay here. <coughs> and then he goes back up and grabs grandma. And he comes back down. You know what a miracle it is that none of them got hurt oh, or yeah. God forbid passed away? I Anyone that, that I know had family There's very little there? family that haven't been yeah. affected. I know, yeah, I know right? stories where a friend of ours, who, you know, a family friend of ours who lived in Gyumri, um, the mom bought the daughter brand new shoes. I don't know if I said this story last time. And she said, these are new shoes. Make sure you don't get them dirty at school. Mm. The earthquake hits. The school collapsed. You know what she did? She took her shoes off and she hugged her shoes and the building collapsed on her. Oh my goodness. When they found her, you know what was the first thing she said? Mama, look, my shoes are still clean. Oh my goodness. This is a six-year-old kid, bro. And she she tells, when she told me that story, I was like, oh my, I'm like, what did, I'm like, what did you see? What did you hear? What was the experience? She goes, you have no idea. You, you can't no describe idea. it. I can't explain I it. was there when the earthquake happened, and I felt it in Abobian, but wow. I'm sure it's not even close to what they it felt. It was horrendous, and the aftershock was just as strong as the original earthquake. Now, and there's a lot of conspiracy tied to the I've heard, earthquake, I've heard. guys. I mean, do I believe it? Yes. No, it's but poor conspiracy theorists, so it should not Do be you guys big. know that when I was last in Armenia, an earthquake happened? In really? Yeah, I don't know if you guys remember that. It was really 2019? strong. 2019? No. No, no, sorry. Last time last I was year, there no? was in January. This January this year. January okay. of this year. Yeah, the and year that my earthquake happened. Earthquake happened when I was in Yumri. It was on a specific day. I can't remember what it was. Donmagar in, in, in uh, Armenia. And an earthquake <laughs> happened, and it was the funniest story. Um, my mom and I were at our hotel in Yumri. We were sitting on, on the bed. And uh, my mom was talking to my dad, and I was on my phone. And all of a sudden, like, everything's moving. And my mom is thinking, I'm, like, hopping on the bed. And Wake I'm up, thinking, mom. And I'm thinking my mom is moving. And all of a sudden, we look at each other. We're like, hold on. Nobody's moving here. What is going on? And we realize it's an earthquake. We jump out of our seats. We go to get out of the, the room. The door is locked. By the time we try and unlock it, the lights go off. The door's not opening. It lasted for, like, a good... 15-ish seconds, I would say, and it was strong. That's and a, 15 seconds is a long time. The terror that way. went through every Gyumretzi, I can't even imagine. I mean, we had the team call us. They were petrified. You know, every Gyumretzi that day really was uh, traumatized because I'm sure they remembered what happened 30-some years ago. I think it was episode, I don't remember which one it was. It was so long ago. But uh, Araksa Karapetian, who was with us, she's from Gyumri. Mm-hmm. So she was there during the earthquake, and she told the story about what happened with her. And a couple of years later, you know, she's in the States, she's working with Fox, and an earthquake hit. 
live on TV. Mm. I'm sure you guys could find on her Instagram page or if Alexia, you could share it with people as well. But the look on her face, the terror on her face, it was like PTSD. Of course. Because when you go through something traumatic like that, even the slightest little aftershock, it'll it'll take you to a place where... Um, like it's it's you don't want to be. Of course. My dad had friends who who left um, left here, went back to Gumri to help family and friends. They came back with white hair. Mm-hmm. This is what domiks look like for those of you that yeah, yeah. that aren't familiar like with what what a domik is. It's basically like a metal container, metal shipping container, container. Yeah. that's been. See the ones you have up are. Well, over the years, what happens <laughs> is these containers. Um, as they fall apart, they just bring and add random pieces. The ones mm-hmm. th- on the far right are the ones that Armenia has a lot of, those circular ones. Yeah. And, and one important thing to note, you guys, is the reason that these containers even came about is because back then when the earthquake happened, hundreds of countries around the world sent aid through these shipping containers. And what ended up happening is obviously thousands upon thousands of people, 25,000 were dead in one uh, in the, in, on the spot, 500,000 homeless. So where are these people going to live, right? So once all the aid was emptied out of these containers, they made homes out of them. They opened up windows doors and thought that they would be temporary dwellings until they get homes and and little did they know that 30 plus years and they're still going to be living in these things and I personally remember my very first time when I visited one and my mom had gone on the first fly mission without me and so when she came back she told me her testimony about what it was and it was horrific you know it made me cry I, I it was unimaginable but it pales into comparison when you go actually see it yourself and I'm sure Anyone that has had that experience, be it Armand, be it my dad when he first visited this past January, you know, I always hear, no matter how much you see pictures and videos or hear about it, it it's a drop in the ocean compared to what it actually is. Yeah. I mean, when I was there, you know, I met up with Amina, your social worker. Yeah. Fantastic the, our, uh, young lady. Armenia yeah. uh, team leader. Armenia, and yeah. she introduced me to that one girl uh, whose family lives in, in Adomik. Right is it Aziv? She had like blondish hair. Did she wear glasses? No, she didn't have glasses on. She was uh, probably about nine, ten years old. Um, Did you meet the mom? The parents? No, no. no the parents the were at work. Uh, yeah, okay, and okay. The, the the brothers were at school. Okay. She happened to be home, and she took us and showed showed uh, showed me the domi, mm. and I went inside. I, I mean, just just imagine this, right? As a father, I have two young kids, two young boys. You, you guys we both all have, have kids. kids. Imagine, and these kids are like the brightest, most charismatic kids you'll ever meet. Much more than even the kids in the cities, okay? These kids that have nothing are very smart and just very intuitive. The way way they approach you, Shanorkin, everything. And this this young girl walks me through her house as she's showing me. I mean, Mm -hmm. their toilet is basically a hole in the concrete, Okay, there's mm-hmm. there's nothing, no toilet seat, no barrier for that child. So this child has to basically squat down mm-hmm. to be able to pee or, you know, poop. Mm-hmm. In the winter cold or in the summer heat. Yeah. yeah, and it's, they have like one couch that's probably been there for 30 plus years. Mm-hmm. An old TV that half the colors don't work and, you know... The fridge, which the fridge itself is not even really considered a fridge. I don't even know if that thing would keep anything cool. 
the walls are falling apart. There's no real shower. There's no real sink. No kitchen. I mean, it's just when you walk in there, you you can't you can't help but think like, how the hell can for, forget about the rest of it? Because I know there's billions of be- people don't even have access to clean water. Three plus billion people. So I can't say Armenia is unique and we have you know the whole world has to take care of us. No, there's billions of people that that don't even have clean water to drink. So they all need help. But the fact that what I couldn't digest is you've got all these wealthy Armenians in Armenia driving around with their Rolls Royces and living in their $20 million mansions. I'm not talking about $20 million dirham. How, how these people live when there's 2,500 families in Gyumri, another 9,000 families in uh, Vanadzor. Is that Vanadzor? Uh, as far as living in containers, yeah, Gumri is going to be the highest. So Gumri is going to be twenty five hundred. I think Bonazor is going to be less than that. It's less yeah. than that. Okay. Mm-hmm. So whatever those numbers are, like how that's what I couldn't digest is because mm-hmm. I saw some of these homes. I mean, somebody's owns the whole mountain and his kids each live in a mansion, and then some other guy that's got built a palace that's nicer than the Venetian at you know in Vegas or I mean a guy who's about to build the Jesus statue on top of. A mountain. That thing is costing him $2 billion, by the way. Could you imagine what $2 billion would do? Wait, that same individual took away the money he was paying towards college students, and Stepan Partamian is taking care of that. So imagine, he's cutting from projects that actually mattered, and we're building a statue. Because this is what I was thinking about, too, when I, when, as I was discussing with Armin, because somebody asked, why are we still in this condition? I mean, if you take Yumri, for instance, right, 2,500 families, mm-hmm. Even if it cost $20,000 on a large scale, mm-hmm. right, to build a couple communities can house that. Like mm-hmm. if you build large communities, $20,000 per unit, that's half a billion dollars, $500 million. It's not a lot of money considering the amount of money, let's say, Armenian government, the people in Armenia, and the diaspora has, where to alleviate these people so that they can have some dignity. You can't live in that home and have any dignity. It's it's it. You just can't. You have to like. You have to see it to believe that. Okay, there's no way this child can live here and have a proper education, mm-hmm. have a proper future. It's yeah. it's impossible. And do you? By the way, do you guys ha- do you guys have? When we were at the gala in 2019, you guys played a video there where I got choked up to the max. Still remember it till today. I still remember till today. Wait for another one. Okay. This do year. you do you have? Th- is that video on YouTube? Do we have access to it that at all? That video is on YouTube. Is yeah. it on YouTube? Yeah. Can you see if you could pull up that video? Because I want to play that video for everybody. From yeah. is it okay if we do that? Yeah. No, it's totally okay. But see, going back to what you were saying as far as running water, toilets, and all that stuff. We are so, when people talk about being privileged, 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 this is what you talk about when you're being privileged. When we, when, if we don't have water for a couple hours, or if we don't, if the water heater stops working and you're taking a shower, what do you do? You freak out here. You freak out to the, now imagine having, having a life where every single day, that's what your life is. Figuring out where you're going to get clean water, figuring out where you're going to go to the bathroom, figuring out how you're going to shower today. And uh, and you, you were mentioning as well on our last podcast that not a, they don't shower every day either. Oh, most of these families, um, the, the kids and the moms that we hug and we hold while they cry weeks to a month probably haven't showered. And, you know, it's... It's really interesting. A lot of people, they, they ask us because, you know, they, they know my mom and I, like, 
general as human beings, obviously, you know, we're having access to hygiene here, we're clean, but especially my mom and I being like OCD clean, how, how can you guys do that? Don't you guys get grossed out? You know, it's unbelievable, and I'll always say this, when God calls you to do his work, you forget everything. You forget what it smells like. You forget the hygiene. You forget the odor. You forget everything because, you know, at that moment, you're needed, and you're there to make a difference, and you have to be that shoulder for these kids and these moms to cry on. You have to be that hand that helps them up because they don't have anyone but you, unfortunately. And the love that's the reason why the level of neglect and abandonment that these families feel Nobody cares about them. It's like they're shunned out of society. Yeah. They're looked at down upon like they're trash. And and I don't know what to tell you other than it. life is incredibly unfair. And this is a question that I've pondered about most most of these years, all of these years that you know I've, I've started serving on fly missions in Armenia is one of the most important things for every one of us to realize is that this could have happened to any one of us. Of I mean, yeah. an earthquake... To that magnitude can happen, God forbid, can happen to any one of us and can rob us of everything that we've ever known. And we could start from rock bottom and never make it back up to where we are. So, you know, it's it's heartbreaking that thousands upon thousands of families have to live this way because of something that happened so long ago. And hello, mama. Hello, baba. So a million <laughs> families arrived. You know, but um, it's... It makes you realize, it humbles you in the fact for you to realize that this can happen to any one of us. Absolutely. And these kids were not born into a life of poverty. Uh, life happened, something unexpected, a tragic catastrophe happened, and, and it took everything from them, right? And this is something that we've spoken about other podcasts, and I'll bring it up again. Uh, just like Arno was saying, if, we, if our water runs out just for a couple hours, you know, we freak out. And... My mom always says, since the very beginning, let's see, he's giving you guys your hats. Thanks, Dad. Hugs, uh, kisses, love you. The Sam William family is here. It's okay, no worries. Love you guys. Are we wrapping your shirt too? Edgar's going to take his shirt off oh. on camera. <laughs> Welcome, we have a, we have a nice live up. audience. Your knees are going to go up, bro. <laughs> There we go. Thank you guys so much. Love you. So to get back to what I was saying, my mom always says, she can attest to this, is from the very first mission she had in Armenia, there's never a day that she takes a shower under that hot running water that she doesn't think about those kids and those parents because they don't even know what that's like. We've personally bathed children ourselves in, in our hotel room showers to get them clean before yeah. we take them out to move them out, to do all these days full of surprises. And if you were to see their reaction of them looking up at that water and smiling and saying, what is that? Like, they don't know what they that is. They've no never shower. seen what that is. And you just see the dirt that comes off of them and the relief that comes to them after they're clean. And it's like you sit and say, damn it, like... Like, this is the bare minimum, and this is what I've always said. Give these families a square little box to live in. Let it be tiny. One little space to sleep, a bathroom, dry bread to eat, but let them have somewhere to live, a roof over their head, where they could sleep comfortably and not wake up to rats nibbling on them. All these kids can testify that they've woken up to a rat nibbling on them. And talk about PTSD, the, the trauma that that causes. Our admin, our, our leader, our, uh, our leader of our Armenia chapter, 
in Gyumri, she's petrified from them because she's been one of those kids and she yeah. knows what that's like, you know? So talk about inhumane, talk about tragic, talk about unimaginable. I mean, imagine being born into this. You're born into a life of survival. You wake up, if there's food to eat, great. You have something to eat. If there isn't, there isn't. You don't, and you'll be hungry maybe for one to three days, you know? Um, you, you, you don't have a comfortable sleep because you have to always be on guard to make sure to protect yourself, to protect your mom because your dad's not around. 98% of the families that we help, dads are gone. So you watch these young boys that are anywhere from five to eight. You sit down with them. They talk as if they're 50-year-old men because they have to be the man in the house. There's yeah. no dad, right? And think about that. There's this word in Armenian, unkshavads. It like, it's like, a, I don't know how you say it in, in English. It's like pressured, anxious, like not free, not comfortable, not at ease. So imagine growing up in this. How are you going to be able to focus on your studies at school? How are you going to be able to succeed and get good grades? How are you going to be able to live healthy with, with a mind that's healthy, a body that's healthy, a heart and a soul that's healthy? Everything is going to deteriorate, right? And let alone watching your mom suffer, watching her you know, be at the finish line in her life and watching her be depressed and suicidal is not going to help you in any way either. So it's a very, very hopeless and helpless situation, unfortunately. And you know, it's the most difficult thing that I and my mom have ever had to witness. But... The most important thing, and I always tell people because many people say, I, I don't know how you guys go out there and do that. We can't even watch the footage. I always say, if you don't watch, you won't know. And if you won't know, how can you do something about it, right? So awareness is the first key. And then the next step is finding solutions. What can we do to make sure that these families get back up on their feet again? You know, Because they can't do it without organizations like yours. It's impossible. Because, for example, that little girl's mom picks potatoes okay mm -hmm. she goes when it's sun up sun sun's up she comes home when sun sets mm -hmm. she even had a bug bite on one of her fingers which had a huge infection her finger was uh, uh, about you know at, at the point of uh, being am amputated but she still had to go to work because she only makes what was it was it I think uh, seven dollars a day Oh, Jesus Seven or ten dollars a day. So if imagine it's not less. If how less, that's yeah. a good check for what you're talking about. They well, usually make ten anywhere from ten dollars like a day up it. Thousand okay. to five thousand dollars max. So so so. After she feeds her kids, I'm not talking about you know fish and chips and lobster. I'm talking about know, rice, the bare minimum. Bread, yeah, she. Potatoes. They don't even have twenty dollars a month left, or fifty or uh, whatever that thousand uh, dollars that I'm left. Mm -hmm. To even think, okay, I'll save this for 10 years and maybe mm -hmm. it'll be a down payment on something. You can't. Yeah. There's just no savings, it's day no by nothing. Day survival, and a lot of people else. have debts, right? Yeah. Because they borrow from these stores so their kids won't go hungry. So, so that's actually, you know, one of the things that is one of the things that we don't do is we don't pass out money. And the reason for that is because if you give money, it's not really going to directly impact the child other than covering debts because a lot of these families have that because yeah. that's the only way that, that, that they can bring food, right? So, you know, to add on to what you said, it is very difficult, even if, let's say, they're hardworking, they're doing whatever they can, a 1,000 that I'm here, 2,000 that I'm here, it's very difficult for them to stand back up on their own because you need that helping hand to get you up. You need the knowledge, you need the resources, you need the education. You need whatever you're lacking to be able to get you to a place that you haven't been able to get to on your own. You know, yeah. this, this is why this is completely separate from laziness. I always say, 
Well, for someone that's lazy, give them a mansion. They're still not going to know the value of it, okay? That's why it's the biggest disservice to help someone that's not ready to help themselves. And that's the reason why we emphasize on that so crucially is because, you know, we are giving this charity our all, all of our minds, our hearts, our souls, and we want to make sure that it's going to be dedicated to those families who are willing to utilize that to stand up because that's where the fruit of your labor is seen, right? Where, you know, all the blood, sweat, and tears that's put into this years down the line, you see these kids have grown up, they're educated, they're working, the moms have their own businesses now, they've moved out of that container. That's when you know, thank God, every drop of what we're putting into this is actually reaching its destination and it's making a profound difference. At the end of the day, I feel like every human being in the world, let alone our Armenian people, as long as they know in their heart that they know that their hard-earned money is reaching where it needs to reach, I don't think that there's any sane Armenian in the world that's not going to want to help their people, especially after everything that's Armenia, that Armenia has been through. You know, as long as they are, you know, they're rest assured that they know that it's, it's reaching where it needs to reach. I think that's what a lot of people have been hurt from, unfortunately, over the years. I think the challenge with a lot of people is that they, they, don't, they don't think, for example, that $50 a month is going to make a difference because $50 is not a lot of money. But fifty dollars times twelve is six hundred dollars, and if a thousand if a thousand people do that, right? Mm-hmm. That's six hundred six hundred thousand dollars a year. So it adds up. You don't have to donate five thousand. You don't have to donate fifty thousand. Fifty dollars a month, which is probably far less than what you spend on Starbucks or coffee bean or whatever your drink of choice is. That's that's the thing. You don't have to think on a big scale. Just on a very micro scale if you think about it and if thousands ten thousand imagine hundred thousand people do that Mm -hmm. that's how you fix this problem within five ten years the next generation will not have to live in a domi but if we continue thinking well i can't afford to do you know i can't afford to buy a home for this family you don't have to buy a home for this family donate one dollar a day if that simplifies things thirty dollars a month and get other people to do the same you'll see over time this issue will resolve. But if we don't do that, I don't. Not one person cannot do it. We don't have an Elon Musk in our community mm-hmm. who can write a two billion dollar check and fix this overnight. Mm-hmm. Bring hundred thousand people from China and you know build eighty million thousand units <laughs> in a matter of a weekend. You can't do that. No, we 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 have the. Now here's the thing. I want to correct you on that. We have the people that can write those checks, but it's unfortunate that those people don't write those checks. They write them for other things. Well, that's the problem. Uh, that's one we, of the main we have billionaires, but they're again. I'm not making excuses for them. They can write no, 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 a hundred no, no, million no, dollar check. Not. What I'm saying is, an Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos can fix the whole problem in with one absolutely no, one, no, absolutely you know, stroke absolutely. of a pen. But our people, maybe ten of them can, if they come together, can fix the problem. That's right? the, that's the big issue. It is. It's yeah. unfortunate that you know you have organizations where they go above and beyond whatever they need to do and leave their day jobs, which you know your family has, you know businesses to run. You know they devote yeah. their time to something like this. You don't. They don't have to do it. They don't. But it's in. You know they want to do it. Why? Because, you know, this is something that needs to be done has to help those families like you you were mentioning it's a calling for this family this like, is a calling exactly. That's That's you all took the is. words right out of my mouth it was, it was like a calling from god basically you said yeah and when you get called there's no saying no 
you know, and this isn't something that you just wake up and you said, hey, you know, I'm, I'm going to start a charity and this is what I'm going to do. It's not like a push of a button. Yeah. It's something that gets built within you through time. And this is why, you know, my mom, when she gives her testimony about, you know, where all this began, it's very deep. You know, it starts from her childhood, you know, and it grew within her. And then and then, you know, it's like all the puzzle pieces come together and, and this begins. And then I'm blessed and fortunate enough that she was able to pass this calling of hers to me where I found my purpose very young in life. And I'm forever grateful to her and, and grateful to God because I know this is something that I'll pass to my kids and God willing my kids to their kids. And when you're called, it's not like you're you have even time to think about the decision. That's it. It's like a gravitate. It's a magnetic pull. And and especially when you go and you witness it yourself, this is why I always say no matter what happens, no matter how heartbroken Armenians are about Armenia and the situation, how bad it is. And they say, that's it. I'm done with Armenia. I'm not going to help. My heart's shut. I promise you, if you go to that container and you see that child and the misery that they are, you will have even if you're made of stone, you will not be able to not help that child because it is not that child's fault that there is corruption going on in Armenia. It is not that child's fault that Armenia and our army and our politics and everything that's that is not that child's no. fault. And we cannot punish that child because of what's going on in, in our homeland, you know, so. This is why I get so happy when people like you, Armand, personally make the time to go and, and visit Gumri and visit these impoverished families and the containers for you to be able to witness it yourself and actually give your own testimony. Because, you know, I'm sure you're, I mean, you can, you can attest to this yourself, but I'm sure that you had a good idea about it based right. on our testimonies. But when you went personally in that container yourself, you witnessed it, you heard it, you well, smelled you it. Smell it. You, I don't know how you did you it. You see it. I don't know how you did it. And I really don't know how you did it. I can't do it. I don't think I can do it. Because I, I, I wanted to, as much as I've been impacted by the work they do and everything else I've seen throughout my adult life, um, it's still not the same because I've never been inside a Domik. I hadn't been back in Armenia in 30 years. No, so, I know, I know, I know. So you, ha you have to do it, whether you like it or not. Mm -hmm. There's two things Me out. Me seeing it was enough, bro. Me seeing it, I didn't, I didn't want to witness, I didn't want to see the face. Like, I'm telling you, the video that they showed, I was what, ready what to leave. We need to find that video. Get ready video. for this, <laughs> People are asking we're, about it. Yeah, okay. we, you have like a we had a couple comments. Let me get to real quick. By the way, yeah. everybody do this Mom? for us. We're going to share the video. Yeah. Um, I, what we want you guys to do is share the post. Okay? And, on, and everybody I'll attach on, it in the comments yeah, section. We'll put it in the comments as well. Yeah. So everybody on Facebook, everybody on YouTube, do us Gallup, a favor. Gallup. Share the post, and we're gonna we're gonna find it and we're gonna play it on because we want to make sure it's the correct video. Because Fly obviously She's has uh, multiple videos on yeah. their YouTube channel. We want to make sure it's the correct one before yeah. we we stream Mom, it. Mom, do me a favor on YouTube if you can find the Gala 2019 video and just uh, text it to Armand, so he'll put it okay in a few. In See, a like few moments. for example, Ninette says her husband Hiro was a kid in That's crazy. Armenia. Did you hear the and story? And he was sick that day, the day of the earthquake, and her mom and dad were forcing him to go to school. And the dad got upset with them and said, you got to go to school. What is this? You know, mm -hmm. this is not an excuse for you not to go to school. But the grandma convinced them to keep him home. Mm. And the school collapsed. Wow. And all the Everyone kids, in this class. everybody wow. Wow. died except him because he was home. Wow, You're kidding miracle. me, bro. Yeah, that's that's what she just... It wasn't his time then. You know, but just living, knowing that, right? Yeah. That's that in itself could be difficult. Yeah. Just thinking to yourself, bro, when I was six, I could have been done. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's insane. Unfortunately, that's the destiny for thousands of families in Armenia. Odette was asking, uh, is flying connected with any of the, you know, that 
charity on Amazon where when you make a purchase? Yeah, is it? Of course, we're oh, on Amazon. Is. Yeah, oh, yeah. Wonderful. You just have to go to smile.amazon. Okay. And we're registered there. Yeah. So anyone okay. that picks Fly when they make a purchase on Amazon, a percentage goes to Fly. Yeah. We've been registered for a long time. Thank you so much for asking. Now, I have this one. I have Fly. It's not in any of these, right? Is no, it? My mom is finding it. Are she going to yeah, find yeah, it? She'll okay. find it. She'll Sorry. let us know. Yeah. Don't Minelli was asking uh, yes. Are there any architecture schools from Yerevan focusing on having students design and build sustainable homes? With passive de design strategies, so the locals don't have to rely, relay on a grid. That I don't know actually, because when we go to Armenia, I don't spend any time in Yerevan. I I go directly to Gumri, and I'm there for weeks, serving on these missions in the Shidak and uh, Lori region. So Gumri, Vanazor, Spidak. So I don't really know anything about um, you know Yerevan and the schools there, or and what's really going on with that. Mm, okay. Um, Ser, Ser Naz, I think that's Sergik Nazarian. Which one? Uh, please ask him if her organization has considered and looked into 3D building printing. I've heard of that. I've heard of that. I've seen, I've seen a video of that. Looks interesting. I don't know about the safety aspects of it. I've seen a video of it. Look, there's, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of um, manufactured home these days. Very, very minimal cost. Um, even actually speaking of containers, you know, uh, a friend of mine, his name is Vic. He, he built his office out of those actual containers in, uh, shipping containers in Santa Clarita. Oh, yeah. Shit. He bought the shipping containers for stack a couple of grand. You stack it and all that. He, he built this very modern office for himself out of that. Now you don't have to. Again, do it out of shipping containers. There's there's a lot of companies out there where they'll you pretty much they ship it out to you, you just unfold it and it's a house. It's one of the examples of that would be U Box. I mean, Elon Musk is living in one of those. Yeah. yeah. Forty five, fifty thousand dollar It's very doable out there to or even to build a five story whatever, you know, two hundred unit or a community, two thousand, you know, unit community. It's not that difficult to do. There's the land there's there's the quote unquote resources they can bring in, but it's a matter of finance. Finance. Somebody has to finance. All of this comes down to money. At so the end of the day. let me tell you, this is something that we pondered about for a while because, you know, after providing all the humanitarian aid we do to these families, right? So you provide for all these years that we've been serving Armenia with with hundreds and hundreds of families. We've provided, you know, large supplies of clothing, of shoes, of hygiene products, household items, toys school supplies, medicine, everything that these families need every single day to feel like they're human, right? So you, you take care of that. That way they feel like a normal human being. They don't have any of their necessities missing, and they don't have to worry about that. They don't even have to save money or worry about the expenses of those things, right? So you get that taken care of. And then what comes next? Next comes getting focusing on jobs and focusing on making an income, right? Because without doing that, um, without doing that, then there is really no uh, way for you to to have a bright future, have a career, and actually change your life, right? So after taking care of all those necessities, we focus on that long-term solution of helping these single mothers find jobs, uh, get certified, get trained. And the way that we do that, we host regular empowerment seminars with these moms. So we gather them multiple times a year in Gumri, Vanadur, and Spidak. And we have a um, psychologist lead 
along with our team. And we sit these women down one by one. First off, the main focus is mental health for them each to talk about their, their traumatic past, their life story, what they've been through, and for them to have the now, opportunity. Is this done in a group setting? This is or done in a group an setting. Individual group setting, setting. yeah. Um, so it's sort of like a. Like a long, like a table, and there's you know a, a nice group of uh, these single moms sitting Great. there okay. with our team and the uh, psychologist leading, and we um, help them put their traumatic past behind. So, sadly, whoever doesn't know, a lot of women in Armenia face domestic violence, right? Not just domestic violence, but husbands that have abandoned them and their kids. So they are forced to deal with uh, this heavy load of poverty and being a single mom and taking care of all their kids needs on their own. So the first step of these seminars is to uh, help them put their traumatic past behind and second to empower them to, yeah, you got it. That's the one. Yeah, it's, it's it's the gala video. Okay, it's, it's 47 minutes. Yeah. Were, did we watch that for 47 we minutes? We watched it for 47 minutes. It passed by like a blink, right? That's what I said. There's which, no way which, it was like, 47 minutes. Yeah. Oh which couple my minutes God, clip bro. Do you, I don't know, man. Do you want, you want poverty? I don't is know which one he's referring because to exactly. Because beginning is I didn't be even poverty. realize it was 47 Listen, minutes, man. I sat there for poverty. 47 minutes and yes, watched that? Are you kidding me? If you guys play the beginning part, it'll be a lot of poverty. Oh, jeez. So what I was saying, you guys, so after... We help them put their past behind. We ask each and every mother of what do you dream about becoming? What do you dream to do? What have you always wanted to do, but life never gave you the chance to? So we sit down and find out what each of these mothers are passionate about. Some is to be a cosmetologist. Some is to be a hairdresser. Some is to do this, do that. Everyone is passionate about something, but life never gave them the chance to, to do those things because obviously if you're born into a life of survival and you hardly have a piece of bread to eat. That's the last thing, that's on, the your last thing on your mind, right? So after learning about what they're passionate about, after the seminars are done, we put each of these moms into their own job training courses to get each one of them trained and for them to learn all the aspects that ties into that specific career. And it's like a few month course. We, after they finish that, we get them certified. We buy them. Now the these courses are done through Fly. Through Fly, yeah, we sponsor all with of it. Other organizations, I'm guessing, with no. the schooling and all that. Oh, as far as like the courses, well, the professionals, but not other schools or organizations. Okay. Like with the professionals that lead these courses, okay. yes, but Sounds no other organizations are a part of it. And they complete their um, their training courses, and then we we get them certified, and we provide all the tools they need to begin working. Right? So do we have uh, success stories from a lot any of families success at stories. the time? A lot of success stories about that. Right. Yeah, because you know I could give one example that I personally uh, one of the many that I witnessed, but the most recent one was um, our winter mission in January. Long story short, another family that lives in poverty, um, one of the very few families that a dad is present. And uh, if we adopt a family that a dad is present, he's usually disabled, okay? Because if there's a willing and able man that can work, then you, you need to work. You know Definitely, what I mean? Yeah. So um, uh, his name is Hike, um, one of the most amazing men that I've met in Armenia. Uh, disabled, he became ill, and he had to have one of his legs amputated, okay? And as a result, obviously, that caused him huge difficulties we can imagine to find work right who's going to hire him right Definitely. especially in the field that he was working in so family i'm not going to say they were well off they were living okay normal at least you know he was able to feed his kids and, and live okay but when that illness hit and when he lost his leg lost all opportunity to work so just 
went in a dark dark ditch, right? Worst and place any man can be. Exactly. In. And there's there's no worse feeling, I think, for any parent to not be able to provide and to the worst possible thing I think that's possible is to see your kids go to sleep hungry and not be able to feed them, right? So we walk into this man's house and I'll never forget it. We walked in, it was it's freezing, right? It's winter time. This is in Vanadzor. We walk in. There was so much smoke inside that house because whoever doesn't know, winters are brutal in Armenia and these families cannot afford burning firewood. So they burn clothes, uh, plastic <laughs> bottles, trash, shoes, Tires. anything they can get their hands on. And you can imagine the toxic odor and, and air that fills that room and the children and the parents have to breathe in. So we're there. No joke, you guys, we couldn't breathe. We said, can you please turn it off? It's okay, we'd rather be cold, but we, we need to be able to breathe. We can't cough every second and be able to, to talk to you, right? So they turn that off, and, you know, you open their fridge, nothing in there. Just unbelievable poverty. But this is why I always say you see a difference, even when it comes to families that live in poverty. You notice a difference between people in terms of, uh, people that just want to ask, 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 and people that don't want to ask for anything at all, people that have that dignity, right? We asked him, we said, John, how can we help you? What, what can we bring you? He said, I don't need anything. His daughter was also ill genetically by the same thing that he has, except in her brain. So she's, she's even more at a risk. I forgot what the uh, name of the illness is. He, all he asked for, he said, I... I'm finding difficulty transporting my daughter every week to the hospital in Yerevan because we're in Vanazod. There's any way that you can help me with her transportation. That's all I ask for. He didn't ask for anything else from us but that, even though he needed everything, right? So you, you see, you know, you meet all kinds of people and you automatically know that it's families like him that need it all but, you know, don't want to ask for anything that are willing to utilize your aid to stand up. So, you know, to move forward from that, we asked him, you know, do you and your wife dream of, of doing anything, you know, any kind of career? He said, you know, we've always dreamt about having our own sewing business. We, we wanted to sew our own bags and be able to sell them to markets like eco-friendly bags, right? How come you haven't done it? We've never been able to afford buying a sewing machine, blah, blah, blah. So guess what we did? We came back for a surprise delivery, gave them everything that they needed, all their necessities, and we surprised them with a sewing machine. You guys, we have pictures and, and, and videos, and you'll see it in our gala video. Yeah. They broke down completely, as if you're giving them a Ferrari. I mean, Chad, what are we giving them? A sewing That's machine and fabrics. That's better than a Ferrari exactly. That's bread and yeah. butter right there. And since that day, they promised us, husband and wife, that they're going to work to the best of their ability to be able to help themselves and stand up. And... You'll see their videos on our page. They're they're sewing beautiful eco-friendly bags. They're selling it to the markets nearby. They're working every day now, and they're making an income. This is what Fly is about. Supporting this, their own family. Supporting their own family. We don't want to be around forever in these families' lives because there's thousands more that we need to help, right? So our main mission is to be around as long as we need to be until we get you up. As long as we see you're even moving a half step forward, we'll stay there until you're ready to fly on your own. That is that is the main purpose, the main meaning of, of, of fly, right? And, you know, I have a lot of exciting news to share with everyone watching and with you guys. There's a lot of detail when it comes to Fly's work. I could sit here all night and talk about it. Well, before you get to that, yes. do, you, do you want to play a snippet of that clip? Sure. Yes. So everybody everybody who's basically watching with us right now, go ahead and share the video. Uh, we're going to... I put it in the comments and I pinned it. Yeah, so, you so guys this is... This is we're going we're gonna to play a very... We're not going to do the entire 47 minutes. We're going to do maybe... I don't know. We'll do a few minutes. We'll do yeah. a few minutes of it. We'll see... How it goes? Get a then, box of Kleenex. Yeah, because uh, it's 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 a little tough to watch. So, uh, go ahead. You wanna?
thousand times, but it gets me every time. This part is silent, guys. Don't worry about yeah, the no audio. About it. We're not having technical difficulties. <laughs> no technical difficulties. <laughs> so Arno wrote <laughs> no audio. Yeah. yeah that I mean, you don't even need audio for this. As you're watching this, imagine, those for those of you who have kids, you and your family are living here. Mm-hmm. Just, just picture that for a moment. How old are these kids? Seven, six, seven years old. Right? I mean, I've met kids anywhere from newborns to five, six, seven, eight. They're very young. Very young. You know, this is a this is the only life they've ever known, right? I mean, even something as simple as I mean, what what do That's our kids? That's all black mold, by the way. Yeah, as you're looking at, it. That's black mold. Yeah. And I'm sure that Armand can attest to this. When you go in, the smell in there—it's a combination of humidity of um i don't even know how, urine of of just i don't i don't even know how to describe what it smells like in there but it's it's some it's very difficult to breathe that in especially in the winter time when you know they're breathing in all that toxic smoke from their burners you know and clothing talk about clothes i mean these kids don't know what new clothing no new shoes are everything's been passed down to them uh, all their clothing and shoes are you know, old and worn out and are too small. Mir love, mir bad. Bei manchka, da kusarchka, finanschka, workaruganas konet, sarke serefikit normal logas nisma kreis. Ashatamen parin hava garaj, hova hatsempere morere fikasutamen. Logarunchka, tastovchuratanamenka, tehlogas nampeski kochka, kuchni normal polchka, krisneri mecha. share the link right? yeah we'll share the link you guys can basically go in there and, and watch all 45 minutes of it but uh another thing you guys could basically do is 
you guys couldn't attend the gala this year. Yeah. And by attending the gala, proceeds are actually going to Armenia. It's going to fly. And you know that what the Samvelian family is doing is is genuine. And they're actually going out there and they're helping these families out. That's the wise nuts. You guys got to understand. We do not support just <clears throat> any random organization. And when we Edgar gets choked up, you know it's legit. <laughs> we just don't. Uh, support just any organization we must believe in the organization and this is the family that we all believe in and we trust wholeheartedly thank you so like, much you guys thank you I imagine that boy saying when your mom asked what is his coach of the world's gonna that's a man that's not a boy anymore very young but that's a man unfortunately unfortunately because when you don't have another choice there's this quote, right, that you never know how strong you are until being strong is the only choice you have. And that's what these kids, that's the destiny that they I face. Like six, seven-year-old is not supposed to say demonument. That's like... That's, some, that's something a man says when he goes to work and it's not, not going well. And he goes, oh, demonument. Mm -hmm. yeah. Or, I don't know. I don't, I don't, the uh, strength, the intellect, the intelligence, the wisdom that you guys will see in these kids, it's mind-boggling. This is why I say you sit with these kids and and this angel is is one of those kids that you sit with him and you feel like you're sitting with a with a grown man because you know that's the life that he's born into and he's no 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 other life but that you know and then you compare it to kids here and you know god bless all our kids all around the world you know but i think it's vitally important for every person let alone every armenian and every armenian kid to visit their homeland and personally witness with their own eyes these severe impoverished situations and hear with their own ears what these kids are saying so they realize how how truly blessed they are and to realize that many in the world and and in their homeland are not are not nearly as blessed right that's why you know you see that difference you guys again but you know coming back from there or seeing seeing you know, these kids and how they're appreciative for a simple little ball you get them that's worth a dollar in Armenia, but their parents have never been able to get them one that's like a Ferrari for them. You see that appreciation. You, you see you see a world that you don't see here and you realize, wow, really people that have, that have had it hard, they truly know the meaning of gratitude. They, they really do, yeah. you know? Arno was saying, uh, he has a question. He was, how come these families don't get government assistance? Uh, these families actually, most of them do get government assistance. So uh, there is something in Armenia called Toshak and Nupas, Nupas. right? One is it, it's uh, welfare. So there is one that's for the elderly, and there's, there's something Nupas, and then there's another one. It's Nupas and Toshak. They're two different. Toshak is for older uh, elderly. Ha, elderly, and then Nupas is like uh, for like uh, people that live like under like a uh, yeah, uh, but that amount poverty is line. The, the problem is that. They give you a certain amount, and if you work, they lower that amount. Mm -hmm. So you're almost in this, you know, predicament: Do I work? If I work, I don't know the the parameters, so I don't want to say any numbers. But let's, uh, for example, let's say if you're getting hundred dollars a month of government assistance, I don't think. And if you that. work, for example, if you make two hundred dollars a month or more, they're going to cut that down to fifty. Mm -hmm. So people would rather. Take that money. Take that money because the difference between 100 and 200 is not a lot for them to go out there and work. 
And that's part of the reason why people stay in the same place they are because it, it, they have no motive to work because the, the, the amount they get paid is so little that whatever the government pays, they'd rather find a way to survive bare minimum off of that than to work 60 hours a week and make only 30% more. Mm -hmm. This is why I say government assistance is a blessing and a curse at the same time because, you know, thank God for whatever they're giving to our people. It's like, if you were to even imagine, what if they didn't even have that, right? But then again, exactly what Armon said is when it comes to actually taking charge of your life and building a bright future and working and working hard, you know, the last thing that we want to hear is for families to say, eh, like, I don't need to work because the government is already feeding me. See, that's exactly the, the, the category of family that we do not adopt. We do not. Because, you know, if you want to spend the rest of your life in these four rotten walls and depend on the $30, $40, $50 that comes to great, hats off to you. That's the way you want to live your life? Live your life that way. We're not there to help those families. We're yeah. here that for families that are ready to give that up and to no longer depend on the government or to depend on anyone for anything other than themselves and their inner strength. That's what we're there cool. for. You know? uh, Kobe, if you want us to address your comment, please reveal your real name. We know you're not Kobe. Uh, this is not AOL chat room. Um, Reveal your name so we can address you properly, and we'll address your capitalism comment uh, very soon. And, and you can, if you want to elaborate a little bit, because you said you capitalism is the cause for all of this poverty. Uh, elaborate on that, how and why you came to that conclusion, and we'd be more than happy to address it. Uh, and our friend John, the communist, is also thinks uh, being a very good communist at this. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> A communist that went to law school but didn't learn much hey, in school. As long as he's being a respectful communist, we accept him. Yeah, the free market is killing Armenia. Of course, the free market has built the the largest economy in the world where we live, we happen to live in. The the most prosperous country ever known to man, ever to, to exist the, on earth. The country that everybody would love to escape and live in. How many? 2.1 million tried to escape just last year? Or was it year to date? Two point three million, basically. Is that year to date or last year? Year to date. Year to date. Here's the thing. I mean, it's you because look at it, it, capitalism is bad. Of course, yeah. of course yeah. it is. Could you could you imagine if it was based off of more of a? It, I think it was with our team we talked about. It, it was based off of a socialistic type of government. Okay, you're like, all right, so it's going to work off a socialistic type of government. So who are you going to tax? You're going to tax these people that are living in domics, the people that aren't working. Who, who, who are you going to tax? And I guarantee you this much, that money that's going to the government to create an equality throughout everybody, what do you think is going to happen there? Yeah. Oh, look, more money's coming in. I mean, come on, guys. Uh, think about it. You're talking about a third world country. It's not even third. I think it's probably fourth or fifth. I mean, well, by third when, world, when it, means, it, means, it means after the Industrial Revolution. That's the t we, were the th we were third in line, basically. Yeah. That's basically what it means. But uh, uh, again, uh, you you can't you can't basically think, oh, I mean, you're going communist or socialist is going to fix the problem. You, who who are like I said, who are you going to tax? Who are you going to give those high tax rates to, in order to run the railroad? In order to run, uh, I don't know, mail the government, the, uh, any anything government owned. Who who are you going to tax? I want to know who you, Kobe is now. Yeah, you leave you leave Yerevan. 
Armenia is not Yerevan. Not nearly. Yerevan is a little hub in Armenia where all the tourists go. Everybody goes to Armenia. Oh my God, Yerevan! It's so nice. It's so it's so European. Mm -hmm. Leave Yerevan. Whole other world. It's an entirely different world. To add on to that, Arno, it's something funny, though. It makes me laugh. So, you know, let's say for people that don't really know much about fly or don't really know why I go to Armenia, right? Let's say before a charity mission, if I tell someone I'm going to Armenia, they'll be like, oh, have fun. I'll be like, I'm not going for fun. Like, I'm going for anything but fun, See, you know? Uh, Kobe's like, Armenia's golden age was USSR. It wasn't USSR. Do you know why it wasn't did USSR? You, did, did you live there? He, of course Let's, he didn't. He wouldn't be standing in line at the bread lines. How old are you, Kobe? Give and me a break, Please disclose bro. your real name. Calling you Kobe, I feel it's like retarded. a socialist right now. <laughs> yeah, let, go to USSR when basically... Wait, boy, that person has that chance. Move to China. Move to North Korea right now. You can move to North Korea. You, you mentioned that go. as well. My brothers mentioned it as well. When they would go and they would wait in line for bread. For I've, bread. I've stood in line for those breads. And bro. you stood in line as well. Talon. Yeah, and, Talon, they, and yeah. they would give you, yeah, they, would they would give you a voucher. <laughs> yes. A, a voucher. And you know what? You you got once it was your turn, if you were if you were a seven year old kid without voucher and you got to the front of the line and you were next and they were out of bread, guess what? You were going home without bread. Yes. So yes. if you if you're gonna give me that USSR bullshit about oh we lived better during the Bolshevik era, give me a you know why you lived? You know why you they lived better? They're content with if the you're if you're if you're a lazy socialist, then of course you're gonna you're gonna advocate there was a, for there that. There was a reason because why there was that massive migration during the Bolshevik era. As soon as the United States opened up its borders, everybody and anybody left. Well, thank you, Ronald Reagan. Where where do you live, young man, or young woman? I I, I don't even know. So he's like, go ask anybody. You can't even ask nowadays. You can't even ask. <laughs> go ask anybody over fifty. Okay. What pronouns can we call you by? Seriously, it, man. Oh my god. Jesus. Uh, by anyone over fifty. Who? I, so let's let we could I could bring on a bro, bunch of people over I, fifty that'll disagree with you. I don't think you know any anything you're talking. about. I remember one time I was sitting at my dad's barbershop and this man was complaining and I was probably in my twenties. Complaining about I'm sitting there listening like what the hell are you talking about, bro? I said I said hi God and I said, Excuse me, um, you don't like living in the US? He goes, No. I said, You know there's a travel agent right on the second floor here. I don't mind buying you a one way ticket right now if you want to go. The Ahbed will I'm like, you were just bitching about living in the U.S., but now you're waiting for what? For the for Armenia to prosper and become what U.S. is, and then you're going to move to Armenia? That That's what you're waiting for? You don't want you don't want to go upstairs? <laughs> it's like I, I, these naggers and that complain about capitalism this and you know, the system here is flawed. Well, it's well, all look, the, corporate uh, the greed. The Ivy League assistant professor uh, was born in 1962. I'll guarantee you this much, man. I'll buy you a one-way ticket to Armenia. I'll pay for one, years of, one year of expense there. But you can't come back in 10 years. I'll guarantee you, you won't do it. You still haven't disclosed your name, professor. I just asked. He said, no thanks, Edgar. Well, you're welcome. You still well, haven't see, disclosed you, you your name. You can see my face. You know my name. Yeah, you're hiding behind your damn screen. Yeah, <laughs> if anything, I... Sorry. I, I, Professor or not, you every, can kiss my ass. Yeah, everything you've said, base everything you basically said, we're going to take it with the grain of salt. Don't mess with the wise yeah. nuts, honey. Don't. Yeah, and if you think you can 
Fast capitalism. Send us your picture and your name, and we'll invite you on the show. You can come educate us, professor. Yeah, yeah we, we love getting educated. No, no, assistant professor. Oh, assi- <laughs> oh sorry, assistant. He, I, don't know if, I don't know if he looks. If he has a PhD, we should call him doc, doctor, professor. Yeah, yeah. assistant. Uh, assistant, doctor, professor. <laughs> 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 Moving uh, on, guys. Yes, and here you are watching uh, uh, one educated and two not see, John, educated. John is all of a sudden protecting the indoctrinated. It's so it, it's 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 cute how sheep just follow the other sheep like. Ah! Oh, where's the other one? He's an Ivy League guy. So am I. I'm going to just agree with him without thinking. Wait, John is Ivy League as well? No, John went to uh, online school. John did John John go to school in Ohio or something like that? Uh, Ninette is asking if they can volunteer for Fly. And somebody earlier was asking um, if when they visit Armenia, are they able to volunteer for Fly? Sure, yeah. So um, thank you for asking that question. So our our team doors are always open for anyone that wants to volunteer and potentially even become a uh, member in our team here in the Los Angeles chapter. Everyone's always welcome. You could just contact us and, you know, uh, we can meet and, you know, I could tell you um, more in depth about Fly if you have any uh, any other questions. And you can always sit in on a meeting and volunteer and potentially even become a member uh of our uh, LA chapter, our LA team here, you know, and as far as anyone that comes to Armenia, definitely we've had people that, you know, have flown to Armenia while we've been there or we haven't been there and like similar to what you did and uh, they'll reach out to us wanting to volunteer and uh, we'll connect them with our team if we're not there and, uh, and they definitely can volunteer or if there's like any specific, we've had volunteers in the past that have had specific families in mind that they want to, uh, they want to help whether it's clothing, shoes, food, or, you know, they personally want to give a monetary donation. Um, we've connected them to our team there and our team takes them to that family and they have that avenue to help. Yeah. So definitely. That's the best way. If you want to meet the family, I, I wish I had more time to go meet some of the other families where we've been, uh, you know, able to help over the years but unfortunately i didn't even get to see some of my own family it's so. okay it's okay <laughs> time flies first of many i'm sure yeah. first of many yeah you know? Ho- hopefully well Man, i would love to know who you are <laughs> damn sure no no there's no need let him let him go Man, if, if i'm go- 60 and idolizing an athlete fuck i got something wrong with my life <laughs> you're born in 1962 you're 60 year old Man or woman, if Kobe's your idol at this point, I got you got a problem, bro. Sixty years old. It's, pa- it's past your bedtime. Go grab your lotion, go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Mall, it works well. <laughs> I, I, I love it when John makes comments about my hats. He still has he still hasn't figured out why I wear a hat. He he thinks you're only supposed to wear a hat when it's sunny outside. Yet he yet he dances to rappers who wear sunglasses in the but John is a consistent. <laughs> at least we know we can. Yeah. You know, John is yeah. a person we personally know. Like we've seen the guy. He's certified. You know? at He's certified. Yeah, he's a certified. <laughs> yeah. Well, Kobe's saying it's just a it's just a username. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, yeah, sure. get off your kids' YouTube account. Yeah, he's like my surface level education. I never claim to be educated. I don't know why. You think. <laughs> it's it's not even surface level. It's You're like a wise nut, though. <laughs> <laughs> Have we ever claimed to be educated no. around here? That's <laughs> go read our hey go read our dis- go go Seriously. read our disclaimer before you come in and make stupid comments. Okay, moving on. Yes, yeah, yeah, yes, let's yes. let's Sorry, forget. We tend to it's digress. okay. It's okay. Don't because we're uneducated. Put your lotion <laughs> no, you away, John. Put the lotion away, buddy. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Okay, so... Okay, so when is the gala this year? So, uh, to share exciting news with everyone, our next annual gala is on the first Sunday of November, November 6th, November 2022. 6th. And it's going to be at Palladio Banquet Hall in Glendale at 5 p.m. So, forever doesn't know, this is the biggest fundraising event that we have every year. We have it once a year, our, our uh, annual gala event. And basically, what it is to sum it up for you, it's like a formal dinner reception where, you know, we expect anywhere from three to 400 people and it's an elegant dinner. We have nice celebrity entertainment. You'll watch a beautiful presentation documentary, just like Arno mentioned, that will really move, touch, and inspire you. We'll definitely be a tearjerker, but we'll really make you happy to witness as well, to witness the incredible differences that Fly has made the past 10 years. Um, we'll give you great insight on the kind of work that Fly has done, and we'll give you the chance to contribute as well. Now, why this year is so special is because we're celebrating our 10th year anniversary, and that I am just in awe and in shock and mind boggled to say because it's like it just went by like a blink of an eye it was just yesterday that my mom and i you know got the first footage in of helping a group of a small group of kids in syria little did we know 10 years later was going to pass and this was going to be a huge you know 501c3 that helped more than 15,000 kids till now by by god's grace of course and another reason why this year is so special is that forever noticed on the flyer is all of the proceeds from this year's gala is going to be completely donated to building our own fly center in Gyumri, Armenia, you guys. So this is this is a dream come true for us, yeah. something that we've worked so hard for that we are just at a loss of words, and we're so grateful that the day has finally come. And um, this is going to tie everything that we've been talking about where you know we spoke about how we provide it we provide humanitarian aid right to get these families back up on their feet and feel human to prepare them to work and then we make them attend empowerment seminars find out what they're passionate about what they want to do and then we put them in job trainings certification and we connect them to jobs in the city and they start working and making an income right so we realized, so all this work that we've been doing the past seven years, we're actually going to continue doing in this center, except it's going to be under our roof, right? This is going to be a huge three-story building, like a school, basically, like 18,000 square feet. And it's basically going to be an after-school program for all these kids that we've been helping and the many more that we have yet to, uh, yet to help to come after school, first of all, to eat a warm meal, to have the chance to bathe. We're going to have bathing facilities here, so that's no longer a problem for them. And there's going to be plenty of extracurricular activities that they can take part in, whether it's dance, sports, music, art, because these kids are so talented but never had the chance to explore those talents. And on top of that, each child is going to receive the necessary tutoring that they need to ensure that they succeed in school, are, are, uh, continue to a college, get their degree, and end up getting good jobs because we really realized over the years you guys every single time we go to armenia there's always new things to learn and we realize that you know feed and clothe as much as you want but until you get to the point that you get our kids and their moms educated and working their lives are not going to change for the long term right of course needless to say you have to take care of their necessities first no one can work if they're hungry or if they're dirty or if they don't have clothes right you have to take care of that which thank god we have been and then we've been concentrating on the job training, the education, and, and, and working. But now that we're finally going to have our center, all that's going to be done under one roof. The main purpose of this, 
for whoever doesn't know, obviously the education system in Armenia, at least in Gumri, isn't all that great. Mm-hmm. And needless to say, as we mentioned, these kids that, you know, suffering in poverty, succeeding in school and getting degrees and going off to college is the last thing that they're thinking about, right? So what ends up happening? They end up dropping out, working anything they can on the streets, a buck here, two bucks here to help Same their mom. Same cycle continues. Same cycle yeah. continues. And that is ex- exactly what the center is here to do, to cut that cycle of poverty from its roots to make sure we don't continue. Because you visit these containers, you guys, the grandma, her child, and her grandchild is still suffering in that metal container. And we don't want that to continue anymore to the fourth, fifth, fifth sixth generation. Okay. Yeah. And I can attest to that location. Were you going to say something? No, no, no. I was going to say something. If I said something, it was going to end up bad. No, let's not do that. <laughs> so, yeah, while I was in Gyumri, I, I also visited the... Uh, the land of the center? The, the land where the center is going to be built. Uh, we, I went there with Armine. And it's honestly such a such a tranquil piece of land. It's like when she opened the gates and I walked in, um... Obviously, there's going to be a lot of construction. You guys are going to just completely take it to a whole different level. But but the energy that I felt on that piece of land, it was so quiet. You can hear, hear the birds chirping. You guys even have a little uh, off-chook dog yeah, there, right? Dog. He's our center dog. What was it, like a white golden retriever? Something like that, yeah. Right? He just showed up on the on the yeah. center land, and we kept him, yeah. I had a couple. Of, I picked a few apples oh. from the apple tree apple there, trees, too. But, yeah. but honestly, the land itself, it just... It it just felt very the the the, the, the energy. You had a positive yeah, energy that resonated energy was, back with you, basically. Yeah, yeah because it wasn't. That's the, very important. Man. There was no traffic there. That it wasn't like on a main street. It just it just felt right. You, you know what it is? It sounds cliche, but as far as like w- with energy and all that stuff, you when you feel it, you feel it. Yeah. Again, like I said, it sounds cliche, but you know the fact that you walked there and you kind of felt that aura. I think it's heading in the right direction. And I'm so glad, Armand, that you had the chance yeah. uh, to visit uh, the land where our center is going to be built. Thank you so much for making the time to join with our team there and do that. And, you know, the special part is, I, I'm sure you noticed that you said it's, you know, off the main streets. So the street that it's on, there's actually a lot of containers yes, on that street. That, yeah. A lot of our families that we've helped live on that street. Wow, you know, crazy. so it's going to be very close, easy access to them. And um, another important department of the center to mention, you guys, other than the kids, is going to be for these single moms, right, to continue what we've been doing with them the past seven years continue doing that in this center so um, to offer all the courses they need to be able to get certified and get jobs so whatever basically we've been doing the past seven years we're going to continue to do under this roof and take it to a next level is have all these tutoring courses for these kids to make sure that they get through school get through college with good grades successfully and make sure that these kids build bright futures and careers as well and you know it's, it's interesting. When we started FLY, mothers and adults and families were never really um, part of the mission. The child, children were our main focus. But what we realized in Armenia after helping so many families is the mother is the backbone of that family, right, with an absentee father. So if we do not help the mother, how is she going to be able to set that example for her children, of right? Course, yeah. Unfortunately, you, you hear a lot of moms there that say, you know, I, I'm waiting for my son to grow up and be able to take care of me. And one huge mission that we have there, other than all the material things we provide, other than you know everything that we're doing, is we're changing the entire psychology of these people, right? Mm-hmm. To be able to not put that pressure on your child of you're waiting for your child to grow up and take care of your child. Let your child be a child, woman. He is not there to take care of you. So that's what 
a, a big part of our mission there to do is to change this, you know, wired mentality of dependence on others, on their children, on the government, and to teach them dignity, to teach them self-reliance, independence, and focusing on their own strengths to make changes in their life. And that is the biggest success of all when you're able to teach people that, that don't have that mentality at all. That's where the biggest challenge and that's where the biggest success is for you to be able to teach that to them, you know? Have you guys ever seen, I don't don't want to compare the kids in Gyumri to an animal, but have you guys ever seen those memes or videos where, for example, an animal has been tied to a pole for for years Mm -hmm. and then they remove that tie, the rope, the rain, whatever you want to call it, and the animal still stands there because it's been programmed that that animal cannot leave more than five feet from that mm-hmm. pole or wherever it's tied to. And these kids have that, like you said, the mentality is, okay, I'm going to grow up in this domic, then I'm going to get married, and maybe I can afford a worse domic for myself. So I could possibly move out of my parents' home because I have four other siblings that are still going to be living here. So there's absolutely just that the, the, the restraint you, you have mentally that you can't grow. There's nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. There's no progress whatsoever. So it, it, it just breaks you down. You're pretty much disabled at, at that point. Exactly. Right? Mm-hmm. And to be able to break those chains, which is what the Fly Center is going to do, is, is, is remarkable. That's, what, that's why I'm truly excited about it is because of the fact that it's going to break those chains off of, off of these people. And, of course, it's going to take time. It's not going to happen overnight. But, but look, it's been 30-plus years already. Nothing's changed. So it has changed very slowly. Eh, yeah. Except the <laughs> containers are still there. You know. So those were, those were temporary containers. Right. They were brought yeah, in. Like, like for a couple of years, like just six no, they months, all had 12 a 10 months. Year life. So when those were put in place, they all had a 10-year lifespan. We've triple you the man yeah. My my aunt was fortunate enough to actually be able to uh, acquire one of the homes built by Australia back in the uh, it was like in the late nineties. They built those out, and they they look like the homes you would see here, have the sidewalks, backyards, and all that stuff. But some people just weren't fortunate enough to pick any of those up. Yeah, you uh, know. Um, the beauty of this center as well, when someone asked about volunteering, God willing, when this is built the next couple of years, it's going to be the landmark where anyone from all over the world can come and volunteer, right? Anyone, you know, in any way that they want to come in and help these kids, teach them something. Because the beauty about this center, other than, you know, being the avenue to change lives for generations to come to create bright futures and change destinies forever is that it's going to create jobs for a lot of people there right because we need teachers we need therapists we need you know all kinds of people to work there to be able to educate our kids so it's like a win-win situation you're creating jobs and at the same time you're getting these kids and these moms educated to be able to change their life and it's also a hub where people from all over the world can come meet these kids and do their own part to volunteer and help them as well what's the what's the project start and end date what are you guys plan what do you guys have anything planned as far as start yeah. and end? So pretty much, uh, as Armon mentioned, the land has already been purchased. We purchased that in 2020. And all that's left is for us to build. When you went, Armon, you noticed that there are some things that right. are already right. there. Some parts of, it used to be a kindergarten, basically. Mm-hmm. And it's an existing building. You it's an existing okay. building, but most of it we're going to, um, what's the word for it? 
Demolish, thank you, Mom. Yeah. Demolish, and some parts we're just going to renovate. Okay, so all of the plans, the architectural plans, all that is done and ready, has been approved, and we're ready to begin demolishing and building. So, and the um, part you are not going to demolish was actually it's nice high ceiling concrete. Yeah. Uh, well, not concrete. What do you call it? the uh, blocks? Cinder uh, blocks. Tuf Yeah, yeah. Cinder blocks. Yeah, and it's and it's beautiful high ceiling. You know. Again, the, the flow of energy. Was, what was it used for before? Uh, kindergarten. Kindergarten. Oh. Yeah. yeah. The, yeah. I mean the rest of it, yeah. yeah. Has the to beauty go. of all this is you have to look at another small portion that goes into all this is you guys aren't only creating something for the kids there, the moms there, the families there, but you guys are creating jobs for construction workers mm -hmm. currently. Mm -hmm. So this is not only something that's for the future, it's it's employment on the it's spot. employing it's employment literally on the spot. Mm -hmm. I mean, this I mean, it's a win-win situation for everybody in Gyumri. Yes, and Absolutely. to answer your question, Arno, about the start and end date. So, um, as mentioned, all the proceeds from this year's gala is going to be dedicated to building the center. I mean. We wish that obviously we can collect all that from one gala, but practically speaking, we're probably going to need a couple at least to to yeah. uh, get the whole thing built. But we have somewhere to start, right? So and we also you should talk about the different rooms that need sponsors. Sure, sure, I definitely so will. Are, we do have a few listeners that might be willing to sponsor a whole room at this time. Definitely, so. I will disclose all that to everyone listening. Thank you so much. So um, the whole project we're anticipating at least two years, Arno, for it to be built. Um, it's an 18,000 square foot building. It's going to cost at least 1.5 um, to build from uh, from ground up. Ground up, basically. Yes. No, no. <laughs> we wish to. <laughs> You're cute. Could you imagine? Oh my goodness. Oh man. Um, can I uh, borrow the folder real quick, sure. to be able to show everyone? So without shutting down the internet, right? <laughs> or putting water right in front of the computer. Bro, it's not my computer, is it? <laughs> As um, Edgar mentioned, this center is going to have many rooms, around 26 to 27 rooms, uh, that are open for anyone to sponsor. And anyone that sponsors these rooms, the most beautiful and sentimental part of this is that your name will be on it forever, right? And we've had people that want to um, put their name or their family's name on it or dedicate it in memory of someone. And one of the people is... Armon sitting here with us. I am. Yes. Not, not the professor. <laughs> no, you. Well, professor ain't got nothing on you. Because I, I was going to challenge the professor to. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's to, challenge to, the professor to, to match my donation. I was oh. going to. I was going to challenge. Put your money where your mouth is. Yeah, I mean, Armon, what kind of education do you have again? <laughs> <laughs> See, capitalist has given me the opportunity. Kobe left already. He's I gone. Know. <laughs> He said, I can't believe you guys are the number one Armenian American. <laughs> well, believe it, Annie. They earned it. Wow. Let me but see you do it for it, five years. We'll figure maybe, it out. If you're watching or if you're going to watch later, I, I truly do challenge you to, uh, you know, match my donation. because you half, are Half. Half. Fine. Do half. You are a professor, Ivy League, assistant professor, Ivy League graduate. I'm a college dropout, but I believe in capitalism, so... You know, capitalism has given me the wide privilege that I have to be able to make such donations. And I I challenge you as a man, man to man, f for you to do half of what... I'm not saying this. It's not an ego. Stop with the sexist thing, bro. Yeah, bro. He probably, mano y mano, he probably identifies yeah. as something else. Well, okay, fine. As a peacock. I don't know. Pikachu, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, honestly. it's And I'm not saying this because... I'm, I'm not, you know, I don't... It's not to stroke my ego. It's about... When people make such comments, 
Put your money, put your checkbook where your mouth is. Stop, you know, being a wise ass on the comment section. That's very easy to do. You know, with a fake name and a chat room name. That's uh, just you're wasting your breath. Stop. Yeah, you're wasting your breath. Maybe his, them ma- what maybe you, what maybe want, his bro. students are watching. You're I want his breath. students to realize like there's nothing they can learn from so this. Well, gonna, let's see if his boss is watching. I'm the gonna, actual professor. I'm going to say one thing. You're wasting your breath. <laughs> one of one of with all due respect to everyone. One of because I don't really know what's going on, but um, one of my favorite verses in the Bible, Matthew seven six. Don't give your pearls to pigs. So. I live by that. Don't yes. give your pearls to pigs. <laughs> um, so to go back to what He's I was saying, yeah, and oh, everything that he's yeah, saying Shai, is the pearls. Shai wants to know how to go about uh, sponsoring a room. Of course. Thank yeah, you so much for course, asking. So anyone that is interested in sponsoring a room, uh, you definitely can contact us. Um, I'm sure we'll have some kind of contact information written on this post. Um, we have a list of rooms here um, with their corresponding prices. Starts anywhere from 10K and goes up from there, of course, all depending on what kind of room it is and the square footage. The room that Armon sponsored is the therapy room. And, and there's a reason why. So I I'll it. leave I, you to yeah. that. Because, because I had a discussion with Armine and we talked about kind of where the rooms are going to be. Um, and the therapy room is, is something kind of close to heart to me because I think it's going to be, because of what I do for a living, I'm in healthcare, I, I, I deal with people who are dealing with terminal illnesses, and that's a whole different set of challenges mentally for them, for their family versus financial poverty. But ultimately, everybody needs that um, psychological uh, kind of, in a sense, services or the, 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 the help to be able to heal heal, and mm-hmm. to move on and to move forward. So, And because of... Uh, my dad's passing also last year uh, I, I couldn't think of a better room for myself to for, for my you know in in, uh, in memory of in memory of my father and and I'm also going to include my my mother's name who uh, she's uh live she's with, well us. with us yes yeah yes. she's live and Thank well God. with us but but it's kind of a it, that that room just had a lot of meaning to me the fact that it could help people get out of that mental um I'm losing my vocabulary because I'm because I'm life. emotional about this whole project. That's I why know you know, yeah. So to, to me, that therapy room was very, very close to home, where I think a lot of families, single moms, a lot of kids will benefit from. Every room is fantastic. Don't get me wrong; every room has its own beautiful meaning and purpose. But for me, the therapy room was something that I felt was special to me. So um, that's why I decided to to sponsor that particular room under my parents' name. I, I want you to know, sorry to interrupt, that first of all, thank you from the bottom of my heart and um, on behalf of my family and I, and on behalf of the Fly Charity and our teams, for your heartfelt generosity, Armand. This isn't the first time you have stood by Fly for years since the moment you reached out and wanted to help four years ago. I won't yeah. forget that day. You reached out to us, and I remember my mom and I came and visited you at your office, and we had... I don't know how long of a conversation and you just sat there and you listened so, so keenly and so interested and you know, when someone cares and when someone is interested because they listen. Okay. And we felt that from the first day and the rest was history. And I want to thank you 
from the bottom of my heart for everything that you've done for our families and our kids, for our cause, uh, for your trust, for believing in our work. And, you know, this isn't the only thing you've done. You've, you've purchased two homes and you've moved out two of these families that have lived in these severe measures of poverty in these containers. It's you're the reason that they have a new life. Uh, forever, and they have you to thank for the rest of their lives. Well, and my brother and I, I have to mention. Yes, my your brother bro- and my I. My brother is never, uh, I'm the guy that's always in the I limelight. I love that. I love my that. Brother's I apologize, the, yeah. of course. Yeah. You Arson is the behind the scenes yeah, guy. Yeah, he's the behind the scenes type of guy, but everything that we <laughs> do, we course. do together on behalf thank of you our so family. Much. So it's, it's, not, it's not just me. Of course, yeah. both of you. Thank you both so much. God bless you and your families. Yeah. And I have to say that this. Well, before you say anything on that, before you get into this, Arno is asking, he's asking if the organization does a monthly donation where you basically it's kind of like an automated thing. Of course, yeah. Okay. When you go to our website, um, you have an option of one-time donation or recurring monthly, okay, of course. Thank you so much. Oh, no, there you go. Now go ahead. Um, so what I was going to say is what's so meaningful and incredibly beautiful about the room that you picked is that the room that you picked, Armand, it's like the core of the Fly Center because yeah. my mom brings brings up a beautiful example. She says, you can be the wealthiest person in the world. You can have it all. But if you're broken from the inside, mm-hmm. you cannot do a damn thing. Exactly. And and other than everything that this center is going to be focused on for, for long-term solutions and job training and education, it's going to be heavily focused on mental health and well-being because without that, we can't do anything and our kids and our moms can't do anything. And, you know, whoever's been listening, you know, who has heard of the traumatic past that these children these moms have had you know needless to say how much work they need how much therapy they need to be able to let all that go you know talk about ptsd talk about trauma talk about all kinds of things that these kids and these moms suffer from from the domestic violence they face to the nights that they've spent hungry to not being able to bathe to every every ounce of suffering they face that's not just going to disappear with a push of a button like you said it's not going to happen overnight so it's going to take days and weeks and months and years of hard work to be able to let all that go and heal from it and realize there's a life beyond all that suffering that life has given them a new chance and their life is not going to continue in the direction that it was and a a whole new beautiful life awaits for them so i want you to know what a special room that you picked and every child that walks out of that room and i and i say this emotionally with goosebumps every child and mother that walks out of that room god willing that will be healed and will be ready to to begin a bright new life, it's going to be done with the spirit of your dad and, and of course, uh, with, uh, with your mom's spirit that is alive and well, thank God. So I want to really, really thank you for that. And, uh, I, look, you guys do all the hard work. Like I've always said, it's easy to write a check, but it's difficult to do what you guys are doing, to, to the time you dedicate and the commitment, the compassion you guys have. And, and you're covering, in my opinion, there's four very important legs in life. It's just like... Imagine we're sitting at around this table, right? We're sitting on, on chairs. There's four legs. If one of those legs is a little short, it's gonna be wobbly, you're not gonna be on you're not gonna be comfortable. Your life has four different legs. It's spiritual, physical, um, uh, financial, and uh, psychosocial. Mm-hmm. Those four legs have to be aligned. Mm-hmm. And you guys are covering all those four legs when these families sign up to your program because you're covering everything. You're giving them the education they need to become financially independent. You're giving them the spiritual support that they need, right? And the physical support that they need. And on top of that, the psychosocial that they need. So you're covering all those four legs, which is going to give them a a balanced life where they can attain anything they want in life. Mm 
And that's that's very important, in my opinion, about your organization, that you guys cover all four aspects. Thank you so you know? much. You know, um, you'd be amazed when you realize what happens when you give hope to someone that was once hopeless, when you give love to someone that is neglected and abandoned. And, you know, thousands of families can attest to this. They say, although everything that you've provided us is something that we needed incredibly and we never could afford to provide, that put aside the hope, the love, the care, the strength, the time that you gave us, that you found us worthy of, is priceless, is worth much more than anything that you could give us because that's what actually moves mountains, right? When someone feels important, that they feel cared for, that they feel loved. Because can you imagine living in that container your whole life and then you have a group of, a big group of people come from all over the world, from Syria, from, uh, from Armenia, from America. They're all huddled up in your house, a group of 10 people. And they're saying, how can we help you change your life? Literally. And we, our organization is very uh, faith-based because, you know, we want these families to know that, of course, there's thousands of families in Armenia that need help. But the fact that we're there is not a coincidence. It's a combination of their prayers, our prayers that connect. And, you know, it's by the grace and the will of God that we're there ready to help them. Absolutely. Beautiful. We've got we've got actually one uh, of our viewers, Ani Golikson, who says, "Will there be prayer, faith room, Bible study room? I'd love to sponsor that. God has done so many miracles for me as a single mom and, and an immigrant. So what a way to make maybe a we difference. could read off the different amazing, rooms that amazing. are available. Oh my goodness, yeah. thank you so much. We definitely are going to have a Bible study program there, and we're going to have a room dedicated to it, and we are definitely going to have a chapel as well. So I definitely can connect with her or any possible way. I definitely will let you know, hun." Um, so just to read off rooms for you guys to know, um, and of course, anyone that's interested could contact me. I'll be more than happy to meet with you or talk to you about what we have. So, um, for example, there's cafeteria, there's auditorium, uh, dance room, art classroom, uh, kitchen, social worker office, library, computer classroom, hairdressing classroom, sewing classroom, robotics classroom, uh, principal's office, board office, teacher's conference room, science classroom, math classroom, language classroom, history classroom, cosmetology classroom, crafts classroom, nurses room, reception, music classroom, accounting room, maintenance room, therapy room, security room. So till now, uh, we have therapy room. Thank you to Armand. Uh, we have uh, the accounting room, the music room and the reception taken so four out of all of these thank you so much to our generous donors so the rest of the rooms guys are open to anyone and that the wants range, to sponsor and the range is from 10, like 10 to 50 10 to fifty thousand yeah, dollars to answer your question and to reiterate yes like like we mentioned earlier you guys could do either monthly donations if you just want to support the organization as far as whatever you 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 can fifty dollars a month hundred you can put it on auto payment or in this case you can you can uh, donate and or uh, sponsor a room and have kind of a, a permanent legacy in the sense of of all the change the positive change that is to come for for the people of Gyumri you get to make a difference and uh cement your legacy yeah, there yeah not only yours your families whoever it is let me ask you guys a yes. question on this let's say for example obviously you know there's 10,000 to 50,000 what if there is somebody who's interested in donating mm -hmm. into this but is looking to basically break it down, whether it's throughout a year mm -hmm. or throughout maybe a couple quarters. Yeah, there, there's no problem. Would you guys be there's okay no with, problem like with that? that? Of course, because we already need two years for this to be built anyway. So of course, there's no problem if someone commits to it, like pledges to a room and, and needs some time, then that's no problem. So you know? look at it this way, guys. You could you could basically cut out some of the crappuccinos you're drinking. <laughs> 
You'll and have literally less, put it on a, less diarrhea. Yeah. Oh put it, God. put it on. You could put it on some sort of a commitment to yourself, commitment to your family, commitment to a family in Armenia, and basically put it on a payment program. Exactly. And, and look, also, there's yeah. no interest. Yes. It's all principle. And then let, also, let, we will be at the gala ourselves. So yes. You can you take pictures with Edgar. Nuts. Yeah, all Come of you that you can get an autograph from Edgar. Okay. We will be there. I will be there with my wife. I love Crazy it. As it Just l- look at. Let me give you. Let me give you a perspective. Okay. Like when I watch these kids' videos, especially the music you guys put, man, it's like fuck. Makes me cry every time. It's like <laughs> we'll have tissues. When the music's not on. No. When the, when that little boy was talking oh about his dad God. and how he it's wants like, to grow up, and he's oh, I don't want. I I just envision my 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 sons. Like if if that was them, but but let me give you a perspective of, and I and I'm just sharing my own personal feelings. I'm just you know, uh, we're we're, I hate using the word privileged, but we are privileged to live where we live, to be able to have as much success as we want, and to be able to do anything we want anytime we want, as as long as we work hard for it, right? But imagine. There's, I have a four and a two and a half year old, right? And um, anytime I buy them anything, it never ever crosses my mind that, well, you know, there's a child in Armenia who can use this toy. There's a child in, and I'm not saying that in a bad way that it doesn't cross my mind. It does cross my mind, but it doesn't affect me. Why? Because I know I've already done my part as far as with Fly and a couple of other organizations that I work with and trust. Your soul's at peace. Basically. Yes. Yeah. So whatever my kids want, if I if it's necessary for them to have, I, I don't blink twice because I'm not thinking, you know what, maybe this money could go to better use. No, the better use has already been taken mm-hmm. care of. Mm-hmm. And the reason I'm sharing this perspective is because as a parent especially, once you do that, then you have the freedom to literally do anything for your kids that you want. But if you're not doing that, you cannot have the freedom to. Doesn't matter what income level you're at. Thirty thousand dollars a year, three hundred thousand a year, thirty million a year, whatever you make, fantastic. But you still have to. There's a there there's a portion of it that when once you give it away, as cliche as, as it sounds then you have that mental freedom to do whatever you want with your life. Go to a restaurant every night. Spend $1,000 on steak if you, if, that, if you can. But prior to doing all that, do your part, and I mm-hmm. promise you, you will have zero guilt mm-hmm. spending all the money on any other crap you want, uh, your Louis Vuittons, your Starbucks, your Crappuccinos, as you say it. Just that, that, that's just my, I'm just sharing my perspective as far as it, it, it completely changed the dynamics of, of when it comes to your finances, you're like, okay, that doesn't matter at this point. I've, I've, and of course, we all have room to do more. I'm not saying, but right there, you can always do more. But and there's some people who donate donate thirty percent of their income. Some people that will donate three percent. That's fine. There's always room to do more. But the fact that you do anything will give you that peace of mind to do anything you want here and enjoy your privilege, as as the liberals call it. You know, I always say. Um Live your best life, work your hardest, have it all. There's no shame in that. Just don't forget to help other people. Like that is the principle that I live my life by. And exactly what Armand said, 
to have that peace and that fulfillment in your heart to know that your hard work is changing people's lives and bring, is bringing smiles to their face, there is no fulfillment in the world that can that can top that. So I definitely understand what you mean by that, Armand, um, which is why, I mean, going out twice a year to Armenia and personally witnessing all this myself, it's a very physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, very draining, very, very exhausting uh, journey. Um, other than the fact that, you know, you're, you're, you're serving all day, uh, you know, most times you don't have time to eat. You don't have time to use the bathroom. You're just going from house to house, house to house. And it's all very straining, mostly on your soul more than anything. But when you see the fruits of your labor and you see the lives that have been changed and the miracles that have, that have come about, it makes all that worth it, you know? And, you know, my dad's sitting right here in front of me. Um, I'll, uh, I'll uh, test on his behalf. So it was his first time to Armenia this past January with us. Um, it was the first time he was able to join the past seven years that we go, my mom and I, and there's one night that I'll never forget. So it was, it was very cold and he's obviously not used to the cold in Armenia. My mom and I already have such a thick skin. We're like, you know, like get a grip, yalla, you'll be fine. So, uh, because in Germany, you wear layers, you wear yeah, the tights yeah. and you wear the, all these, so you're able to stay <laughs> Did you warm. forget your thermal at home? <laughs> it's called the uh, retus, I think. Thermal, the thermal, yeah. <laughs> Damn. So, you know, his time was limited. So we wanted to give him a little taste of everything, the poverty and the deliveries and the happiness and the pain and all of that. So it was uh, it was after a long day of doing uh, doing deliveries. And we got back home to the hotel and, you know, we showered and, and we're sitting there. He lays on the bed and he goes like, wow, oh, my God, this is what you guys have been doing for the past seven years, like all day, like this is a lot of work and you're doing all of it just out of the goodness of your heart. Like, it's not like you're working for anyone or making anything. You're, you're, you're doing this because you want to do it. You need to do it. And you like have this like epiphany, like this yeah. moment of, wow, this is what my wife and my daughter have been doing. And that's the wow moment I'm talking about that everyone will realize when they go and they personally take part in this work there. What do you think they were doing, Vazgen? <laughs> what do you think they were doing this whole thing? We have requests for Vazgen to join uh, Vazgen to join us on camera too. Yeah, really? Do we? Do you we mind sexing requests? your sexy face here? For a while? <laughs> Our numbers will go up if we get DJ Heartbeat <laughs> on the show. You know, bring oh. your chair with you, Vazgen, Come on. and watch our internet connection. Oh my god! Here you go. The man can lift. He works out every morning. Got his own personal gym and everything. Hi, Daddy. Welcome, Heartbeat DJ. Mr. Savillian himself. How are you, sir? <laughs> the legend. You guys, the legend. doesn't know me, I'm her dad. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Older brother. Yes. So, thank so you guys for having us. Of course, man. Of course. The first, first question: You f take a flight with the family, and you step foot in Armenia for the first time. What was your reaction? I mean, when. How did they actually receive you? We first <laughs> actually, we first landed. There was a, the whole Zurna. Yeah, the whole Zurna, the whole Zurna team. <laughs> you know, they came from Gyumri. We surprised them. Guys, they came all the way from Gyumri, and uh, it was amazing. And uh, the scenery was like I was like one of the vice president or something. Everybody was looking at me, but <laughs> it was great. But the feeling of being being in Armenia, it's totally different. I mean, I'm born in Lebanon, but every time I go to Lebanon, I I have tears, but the thing is, like, Armenia is totally different because it's your motherland, and uh, uh, it's two different things. 
So uh, I had a great time, especially when I experienced what they've been doing for the last seven to eight years. Um, I wasn't expecting this much at all, but I, I saw it personally, and uh, I felt every single second what they live with those domics, with that, those containers, with that smell, with, the, with that poverty and everything. But now I know. What have you guys been doing? And let me tell you, this one's a sensitive one. Like he, he yeah. might not we, we know, all it. know that. He's a sensitive one. And, and, you know, I've gotten to, as close as I am to my dad, I've gotten to get him, uh, to, I've gotten to know him even better and on a closer level, especially when we went to Armenia. And most times he'd get choked up and he'd have to walk out of yep. the container. It was yeah. really tough for it's, him. It's, it's tough. You know, and that's why I say, you know, a lot of people get amazed because they know how emotional, how sensitive my mom and I are. But when God calls you, he will equip you with the strength to be able to handle whatever he throws at you. And yeah, it never gets any easier. I will always say, guys, you you develop a thicker skin, but it will never get any easier to watch your people suffer to that extent. But you get stronger every year. You get wiser every year. And I think what I've learned over the years is, you know, I'm there being an empath, I, I feel their pain on my skin, but at that moment, I shift my focus. I'm like, okay, what's the solution here? What can we do? What can, how can we change this family's life? And I, I let myself get consumed by that rather than the pain. Because if you let yourself be consumed by the pain, you'll break. And if you'll break, then then you're not setting an example for that family. And there's nothing you can do for them, you know. So, emotionally, yeah, it, it, it's incredibly heavy. It's the heaviest and the most difficult thing I've had to do. But at the same time, the most rewarding, the most fulfilling. Because at the end of the day, it's all for God's glory, and it's all for our people, it's all for our homeland, and it's all to make this world a better place as as, as much as we can. You know that, that that's the whole purpose behind all of this, and why I'm eternally grateful is that it's as if like all the puzzle pieces came together, every drop came together, added up to get us to this moment to get ready to open our center, and yes. and this is this is the dream come true. This is. This is what we've all been waiting for because this it, because it's yeah. this center that's really going to make lifelong changes. This is the center that's going to be the landmark that's going to change lives for generations to come. Uh, this is where all the magic is going to continue happening. And um, again, to remind everyone, anyone that is interested to sponsor a room at this center, you're welcome to reach out to us. Sponsorships are open, and as, as we mentioned, anyone that sponsors this room, your name will go on it forever in a landmark that is going to create miracles in the lives of our people in need. Um, I strongly encourage you guys to attend our gala. Wise Nuts have all been there. They can attest to the experience that they've had. I promise every single one of you, even if, let's say, you don't donate prior to coming to the gala or you don't sponsor a room, just come to the gala and I promise you, you will leave that night being moved, touched, and inspired in a way that you you never have before. Because the energy in that room, the emotion, the the depth of everything that you will feel will really, really move mountains. And will really, when you go home that night and you go to sleep, you're you're really gonna be at peace and you're really gonna be happy because you're gonna know that there is an organization really working from the heart and from the soul to make sure that every penny goes where it needs to go and every penny is used to make a profound difference in the lives of our brothers and sisters in need. So I encourage all of you, the first Sunday of November, November 6th, 5 p.m. at Palladio in Glendale, how to get tickets. There is a link. I'm not sure have we posted this anywhere. Um, if not, we can always include it in the comments. Here's what we're going to do. Uh, on the YouTube page, on the Facebook page, on the Spotify, iTunes, all that stuff, We'll basically post a link directly it's to your a, website. It's the Zephyr, right? Yeah. Yeah, there's a link directly to buy tickets. Yeah. So yeah. we'll, we'll, 
yeah, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll get the link from you. Okay. We'll have the link on top. Okay. Underneath it, underneath it, we'll have the gala information, all that information that you guys need, mm-hmm. and then below that, we'll have uh, a link to make a donation. Make a donation. Sure, but of course. Of course. Okay, so basically, yeah, yeah, because yeah, you, you got to give us a breakdown of those because I know you had a another yes. another sheet. Yes, because okay. I wanted to go over that before we obviously. Okay, are you, are plus you we had another generous donation. Did we from John? What did we have? K, John says, "Well, we're not. Don't disclose anything with John. I just hold had, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Don't don't, disclose, don't disclose anything if he hasn't. What? Don't disclose anything with John. He wants to keep it private for now. Oh, okay. 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 He made a public comment, but okay. It's okay. Uh, so one other sponsorship opportunity that I want to um, inform you guys about um, is for business owners. So these booklets we have on everyone's seat at the gala. And half of it is filled with what work that the charity has done that year. And the other half is filled with ads. This is a great opportunity for business owners to place their ads because you're going to get great exposure the night of the gala with the 400 people that will see your ad in this booklet, along with the thousands more that will see it the whole year that we pass these out. Along with that, I think this is the list you were talking about. Each of these packages for the ads gets its own benefits. For example, a half a page ad in the booklet, you get your logo on a huge LED screen that's going to be running most of the night. That's $1,000. The full page uh, is $2,000. You get your full page in the uh, ad in the booklet. You get your logo on the backdrop and LED screen and you get two free tickets and special acknowledgement, so on and so forth. So these packages go from a thousand and up. So technically the deadline for this is in like two days. Uh, it, we're cutting a little close, but anyone that's watching that has a business that finds it in their heart that wants to put an ad for their business, please contact us because it's not, it's not too late. We can definitely squeeze your ad in here and at least you can benefit from getting uh, free tickets for this. Yes. And, and look at it this way as well. If you got an extension on your taxes and you're going to be doing your taxes, Might as well. talk to your accountant. Instead of giving it to Uncle Sam, you can give it to Armenia. Or if you're a businessman, there you go. And um, for general <laughs> tickets, you guys, um, tickets are a $200 donation. Of course, that includes food and drinks and everything for the entire evening. Um, and that can be purchased on the link that we will post. It's a link from a website called Zephy. Um, and you can purchase there and you can purchase as many as you want. We just ask for your name, last name, email, you know, your general information. And then you will get a ticket in your email that you'll just show us the day that you come and we'll scan it and you'll come right in. So and that's how you guys purchase tickets. There you go. But just to let you guys know, they didn't check my ticket last time. <laughs> <laughs> well, last time. We're, we're more high tech. Last day. time we had physical. <laughs> we had physical tickets. Yeah. This time we're all online. We're saving papers. I just walked right in. Had a great we're not, they're, they're not only saving lives, they're saving trees as well. We're missing one ticket from. Oh my God. That was I paid. I promise. I did. Oh my goodness. Well, it's, you know what? It's, it's very refreshing. I know we see you guys obviously outside the podcast, but it's very very refreshing to see you guys on thank screen you, in front you, of a microphone you. again after two years of not being with us. Longer. 2023 years. Three years. Three years. Well, and we I don't count 2020. 2020 I know. doesn't We don't count, count COVID. <laughs> I didn't even realize how long it's been until I came and I noticed that, you know, it looks different. You guys are like, yeah, it's been a while. I'm like, I haven't been here in the longest time. Can I have the honor to invite the, the founder? Yes. yes. I was yes. just going to say that. You're going to say before, before, before ending the show, we wanted yes. to have Caroline on, yes. on Hi, camera Mama. as well. Let's this is the founder. founder. Guys, here... <laughs> Here's the backbone. A, yeah, backbone. Carolina. Finally. This is Sanvelian herself. Hello. Hi, Mom. <laughs> We'd love for you to say a little something as well before. 
before we wrap it up. Okay. Something, something from the heart. <laughs> what can I tell you? This is the woman behind it all. The woman that had the calling and made the decision and decided to dedicate her entire life to this cause and making a difference. She's the one that started. I can't take credit for that. I, uh, I'm, I just followed her along the journey and I became the co-founder along with her. And thanks to her, I found my purpose and I found my, the whole meaning of, of this life. And uh, she gave me the opportunity, of course, through God to do that. So thank you for that. And thank you for giving all of us the chance to be able to contribute to something so noble and so trustworthy and something that goes a long way in making a difference. So floor is yours. You covered everything. <laughs> I don't know what else I could possibly say except thank the Wise Nut Group for having us here. Thank you, Armand. From the bottom of our hearts, thank you guys for giving us this opportunity to be here live with you guys, present the charity, present the gala. Um, just uh, really appreciate everything, all your efforts. Um, thank you, Armand, again, for everything you've done from day one for this charity. Thank you for going and visiting. That meant so much to us. That we wasn't so a coincidence, excited. by the way. Yeah. The fact that this happened right before the gala and our fundraising for the center, I know that this was divine. And you haven't been there for 30 years, yeah. you said? Yeah, that's not a coincidence. Um, I want to thank my family for always, um, my, my angel, for being the backbone as I always say, the being the wings of this charity, as it is, as she named it, actually. She named the, the Freedom Loving Youth name. She gave the name to this charity um, 10 years ago. Um, I want to thank her for being with me step by step, every step of the way. We do everything together. I'm so blessed to have this angel. Without her, none of this, none of this would have happened. Yes, the calling is there. Yes, the love was there. Yes, everything was there for, you know, me to take action and actually want to bring this together and start. But then, but then, you know, this can't. You can't clap with one hand. I want to thank my daughter. I want to thank our team here um, in Los Angeles. My husband. <laughs> I want to thank my husband for always giving us the space to live this dream. Not even once for the past 10 years he had said, you know, it's like with all the meetings we have, with all the travelings we do to Armenia, never once has he complained and said, enough. you know, yeah. enough. Thank you for your support, babe. I want to thank our team here in L.A., all our Fly Charity team members for being a part of this. Anybody who has contributed from the past all the way till today, a lot of people came in and left because, you know, of their, um, you know, personal lives and schools and stuff. But thank you. I want to tell everyone who has put their hearts into this charity that every drop of love you put in there will go a long way. It has gone a long way, and it is it is it is like fruitful. Anything that's built with love will not fail. Not fail. Never fail. Thank you. Actually, I'm looking at your computer, but I. <laughs> <laughs> I know I did that too. For the first time. Thank you all for watching, you guys. We want to also thank our incredible team in Armenia, Armine. How many, how many people thing. do you have that in your crew next. in Armenia? We have Armine, Herine, we have um, Arthur, Gado, and Martin. Yes. One more name over there. 
And Narine. And Narine, yes. Look at that. Yes. So we yes. have a total of six. Six. Six people so, behind the curtains. That's amazing. So I don't know how to describe this. Every one of us, like um, starting from me and all the way to all the team members here and there. And me and Armine in Armenia, we always say, like, I tell her, if it wasn't for you, like, how was I going to do all this? And she goes, if it wasn't for you, how would any of this happen? And yes, if it wasn't for any one of us coming together, this would not have happened. So our hands all together joined mm -hmm. with love. Um, we're making miracles happen. Thank you to my dedicated Fly Armenia chapter. Thank you, Armine. Thank you, Martin. Herine, Narine, Garo, Arthur, all of you. You guys they're the, are... They're the real heroes behind the, the curtain. They're the heroes who were there during the war delivering to hundreds and hundreds of families who fled from Artsakh, deliver everything from A to Z, for they fled only with the one set of clothes they had on. They risked we, their lives. They went to the borders to help the soldiers we as well. over 800 families that fled Artsakh that came to the regions of Shirag and, and uh, Lori. Um, we helped many. We did big, big projects, and it was all because of them. I remember one day they, they sat in the big truck, and we had a huge delivery to take to the soldiers to the Marduni. city of Marduni where, you know, bombs were right and left. And I was so scared. And I said, Armina, I don't know if I want you guys to go. She goes, don't worry. God is with us. They drove all the way there, delivered Risked. everything by hand. And I don't know. God bless you guys. I love you guys. Thank you, everyone. Yeah, it's all of us One coming together. The, uh, the team in Armenia Closer to is, is like, let's say, Garo or Arthur, right? Uh -huh. Daytime, they, they, they serve all the family. Then all of a sudden, you see them grabbing the camera, taking... I mean, one guy that, that does everything. Like a one-man like show. One -man yeah. show. Our amazing. team, there's one thing. I don't know if you guys covered this before I got here, but all our work, everybody that works for this charity is volunteer-based. Mm -hmm. um, our team there, yes, one is taking pictures, another is doing the camera work another but at the end of the day everyone delivers everyone carries boxes everyone is there everyone is there in the interviews they cry with us they they, they they're happy with us everybody's volunteer our family. team out here in LA everyone is volunteer we don't have expenses of offices we don't have uh, employee expenses. We don't have insurances. None of that. No overhead whatsoever. No overhead whatsoever. Everything directly goes to the cause, to the families, to the children. And that's done on purpose. The reason that we've decided to stay grassroots like this is because when you become big to that extent, unfortunately, you're going to have an increase of expenses and you're going to have proceeds be dispersed to all those costs. And we don't want that to happen. We want every dollar to go where, where it needs to go. Another yeah. thing is I like the way you guys buy everything in Armenia because yeah. yes. that also helps the economy. Mm -hmm. When that's you true. take things from here, you're paying so much shipping and so expensive out of here where unnecessary money overhead. can actually buy everything they need in Armenia. Yes, a lot of people ask idea. us that if we if we ship it from here and I say <laughs> no, we buy everything there. Exactly, to save on the shipping cost. Unless let's say some people reach out and they want to send things. Yes, we've had that. Yeah. yeah. So you know That's okay. we give the them toy our, drive our address and they cousins. do you know, they send it themselves, which is totally I mean, great. We've done a lot of that. But yeah. 
Um, and oh, one so thing you that you guys finally got me up here. Finally, man. after finally. all these years, my God. Finally. Caroline's <laughs> getting more comfortable with us. She We've can get her a shot of whiskey. Home. She'll get more I comfortable. Think, uh, maybe the oh, next God. next next time around, we'll have you on the mic. <laughs> one thing that I want to know, you guys, everyone that's on social media, on Facebook, on Instagram, please follow Fly's page. On Facebook, it's Freedom Loving Youth. On Instagram, same, except just put freedom.loving.youth. Follow Fly's page because every project that's completed by the charity is posted for the public to witness. Not a single project is completed that is not shown. So transparency is one of the greatest things that the charity emphasizes upon because we firmly believe that it is every donor's right to see where their contributions are going, where their hard-earned money is going, and at the same time be able to share that joy felt in giving along with us. We want you guys to be happy with us, to know that your contribution is making a difference, is going an incredibly long way, and every penny is reaching its destination. So follow our pages, and you'll be able to see every completed project there, and it'll really put a big smile on your face. You guys are doing an amazing job at what you guys are doing right now. Thank um, you, sir. Thank you so much. Anything else before we uh, cue the 6th. music? November 6th. November 6th. Please 6th. be there. Be yes. there and contact us if you guys are interested in any sponsorship opportunities for the booklet business owners or for the center rooms. Guys, we've, we've, posted, the, uh, we've posted the breakdown for, uh, for donations and for the rooms and for the gala. We have the flyer up on our Facebook page and on our Instagram page. Uh, but just to reinform everybody who's going to be listening to this tomorrow on Spotify and iTunes and all the major platforms, November 6, 2022, Sunday at 5 p.m. It will be at Palladio, 1018 East Colorado Street in the city of Glendale, 91205. For reservations, call 818-441-4678. Or you could email uh, info at F-L-Y dot C-A-R-E. That's fly dot care. And obviously you could visit their website for additional information. Donations start at $200. Thank, Thank you guys you. so much for the opportunity. Thank God you. bless you guys and let's do this together. Thank you guys. Thank, thank you guys, everybody. Th- you know what? Thank you guys for everything you guys are doing. Uh, everybody else, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for all the comments. Thank you for all the questions. Uh, and you know what? I'm going to thank everybody for all the future donations as well i had a hope to see all of you at the gala yeah see you guys at the gala everybody have a great week have a great weekend and we will see you all next monday